Tonight's final bout is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, scheduled for one fall or two curfew. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. The last of the titans. In the passion and death of their struggle, the very art that had raised them to such Olympian heights was lost. Their techniques vanished. Referee giving instructions here to both principals, and this should be one whale of a match to wind up things here in Madison Square Garden. All right, fans of the Titans of Wrestling, if you're digging this show, you got to know that we've been doing them for a while. We've got an archive of shows that you're going to blow your mind. Just head on over to the Place to Be Nation to check them out. Titans of Wrestling Archives, you know you want to hear it. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Titans of Wrestling. We're back in Philadelphia, and uh, with me here in Titan Towers, uh, Johnny. How are you doing, Johnny? Great. Um, of course, Pete, lead analyst. Doing good, doing good. Quick plug, you should uh, listen for... Uh... Me and John are going to be joining uh, Brad Hindsight and uh, Will the Thrill for WrestleMania Rewind number 28 in a few weeks. Uh, I know part of you did what, WrestleMania 4 recently? WrestleMania 4, yeah, and it was actually quite it was quite interesting. You should listen to that WrestleMania 4 show. You have some, you have some fun? Yeah, I really, well, we didn't really review the show. We just went into the observers and went into, like, the background and covered the main event in some detail. You know, the tr- evil... Uh, Evil twin ref angle, so like I I think that everything around the show is more interesting than the show itself, right? So that's what we did. We talked about uh, we talked about that. Where where can you get that show, Pete? I don't know. Where can we get the show? Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Place to be nation. Place the yes, the place to be. The place uh, to be. And I'll be there. Um. And uh, Kelly, chief is chief. Is... Wow, there, there, there's enthusiasm. You'll be there. <laughs> and I'll be there. <laughs> um, Kelly, uh, Kelly, the chief historian, the job lover. Also Hello. here in uh, Titan Towers, how are you doing? I'm doing uh, pretty well. Um, speaking of place to be nation, I guess I should plug um, Titans TV. That is... Uh, a place where you can find Titans TV, place to be nation, on the main Titans of Wrestling uh, page there. And, of course, Titans TV is a YouTube channel. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it, it works. It, it's not like the network. You won't have uh, <laughs> difficulties, I don't think. So please join one of the uh, 25 subscri- subscribers we have right now. Uh, <laughs> a very uh, private little party we have going. Yeah. Titans TV. But we don't want too many, Kelly. Exactly. You would, you would only get in the feds' radars, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My crew yeah, might not... crash the system, and you know. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you call yeah. us, and then we'll say, "Well, we get my boss, and we disconnect you, or something." Of course. <laughs> you don't get top satire like this on any of the show. Topical humor about the modern product, right? Some mm-hmm. network thing has happened recently. 
Is that right? Huh? I- I, uh, dude, it's like it, it, from what I haven't even touched it as much as a lot of people have, and it's just like <laughs> glitches and all. You know, it's gonna be fixed. It's like the greatest fucking thing ever. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh. The picture quality is is so freaking amazing. It's just like wow uh, and stuff. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like gonna go to bed, back to bed, but I'll go see if there's like a commercial on because the commercials actually pretty cool on the live stream and stuff. Right. Um, okay, well, we're in... What's the date for this Philadelphia card that, today, Kelly? November 8th. N- November the 8th. We're in November 1980. November the 8th. And uh, we're in Philly. Uh, and coming back, uh, I believe, Bruno Sammartino mm. to take on the IFC champion at this time, Kempatera. Now, before, uh, before I get onto this match, right, in my uh, Heroes and Icons book here, um, I came across this little feature called The Italian Connection, featuring none other than Bruno and his, uh, basically, his bunch of cro- Italian cronies. And th- th- these have been kind of people that we've seen time and time again, right, um, the Italian guys. So I, I thought I'd just read some of this, some of this out. Uh, it seemed to be appropriate for our show. It says, like Don Corleone, Bruno Sammartino was always keep, uh, careful to keep around La Familia near him. While they may not have been quite as bloodthirsty as Michael, Sonny and Frido, they did serve a vital purpose in the heyday of Bruno's 11-year WWWF title reigns during the 60s and the 70s. To get a crack at the world title, challengers would have to run the gauntlet, knocking off Sammartino's friends, such as Tony Parisi, Sometimes billed under his real name, Tony Pugliese. Uh, <laughs> Gino, Gino Brito, who also worked as Louis Cardin in the WWF. Or Dominic DiNucci. Dominic. Dominic Damn. fucking DiNucci. On the, on the heel side, Italians included Tony Altamore, Lou Albano, uh, Johnny, and mm-hmm. Gino Morella, a.k.a., of course... Gorilla Monsoon. Hell, even Chief J. Strongbow was an Italian named Joe Scarpa. <laughs> right. Now we know why he hung out for so long. My first. Well, you know we, we you know we had a, well, you know we had a, we had to stick it together so the, the the goddamn mix running the show don't pull in no funny stuff. <laughs> um, so this is superstar Billy Graham writing in his autobiography. Okay, S- superstar Billy Graham. My first match at Madison Square Garden took place on December the 15th, 1975, against Dominic Danucci. Like Bruno, Danucci was a native of Italy, but this was not a coincidence. Vince McMahon Sr. wanted to create interest in my impending confrontation with the champ by having me whip his paisan. 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 What's that? 
Paisan. What's the uh, what's paisan? paisan? What's does that mean? It means, it means literally cousin uh, or family member. You're you're, 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 you're but like, like like you like you you yeah you're, you're my paisan. Man. paisan we're okay. tight. We're friends. All right. Yeah. Okay, brother. All right. I thought you were like a godfather to Prince Leonardo, and then you know <laughs> what Paisan is? Sorry. Um, you know What's how... the swimming with the fishes you're talking about? <laughs> you know how to meet people in your lifetime, and you're supposed to be brothers and sisters? That's what happened with Tony, Gino, and Dominic, and Bruno too, recalled Parisi's widow Clara. I remember when we first met Bruno. What a wonderful man he is, too. They just connected. Bruno is uh, the one that got Tony started in New York. They looked out for each other, but that's because they just got connected. There are similarities yeah, they, that they were, they were connected, all right. <laughs> there are similarities that go beyond the fact that three of the four of them were born in Italy. Uh, Brito, actually, Louis Gino Acola, is from Montreal. His parents came from France and Italy in 1911. So one of them is an imposter, in my view. Um, they were on the uh, road. They're Italian. They had a lot of things in common. Their values, their lifestyles, that was all in consideration, said Clara Parisi, who's the, obviously the only person that uh, Greg Oliver was able to get to interview here. Um, the connections as they weave throughout the years are remarkable. Brito met Danucci when Dominic uh, immigrated to Montreal from uh, Frozoloni in a province of Combiasso. Um, in fact, <laughs> Danucci trained yeah. with Tony Lanza who lived on the same street as the Akuleka family in Montreal. Brito's father was Jack Britton, and for a while they lived in Windsor, Ontario. Do you know where that is, Kelly? Oh, yeah. It's uh, right on the border. Uh, Detroit's right across the river. <laughs> Nowhere close to where I live, of course. And uh, Britton... <laughs> Britton managed to... I live near Windsor, too. The actual, the real Windsor, you know, the one with the, <laughs> the one with the castle in it, and, and Britta managed the midget troupe that managed that travelled the world and helped Bert Ruby and Harry Light promote in Detroit. Parisi started wrestling in Windsor and some had had some of his earliest matches against Brito. Danucci would eventually settle in Pittsburgh and be one of Sammartino's confidants. After Parisi died of a heart attack in August 19th, 2000, in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Uh, it fell to Brito to walk in uh, Parisi's daughter Ida down the aisle on her wedding day. But in the WWWF, it was all about Bruno. Bruno, you might say, I'm partial in everything, but he was nice to everyone, said Brito. Um, he wasn't up on that pedestal looking down on the guys. He talked to everybody. You'd go and eat with him and he would pay the bill. He always wanted to be the one to pay the bill. Everyone was treated well with him and they knew that he was a drawing card. Danucci can only laugh at the memories and agreed that uh, there was an Italian mob in New York, just not a very tough one. You put all four of us together and they couldn't kill a bird, says Danucci. And there's a really nice photo of all five of them here, which I may post. Uh, post, Because, uh, yeah, they do certainly look like a bunch of uh, mobsters. Um, what, was, what was Parisi's uh, wife's name? <laughs> Her name was uh, uh, Clara. Clara oh, he's, like, he's, like, you know, he's like, all right, this one time I'll let you ask me about my affairs, Clara. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it true? <laughs> no. <laughs> this one time I'll let did you ask me about my affairs. No. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say, looking at this photo of the five of them, 
back in the day, Dominic was probably the lookout. He was probably the best looking one of the group before he lost his hair. Okay. <laughs> it all went to hell for him, you know. He ends up you know, losing his hair and getting gangly and raw boned. And one time he was a young, handsome man. You know, Bruno you know, took him aside at one point towards you. Know, he's like, I never wanted this for you, Dominic. <laughs> you, you, you could have you know. been, been senator. You could have been senator Danucci, governor Danucci, but not this. And Dominic says back to him, yes, I could have been a contender. The, working with the Baron can cause you to uh, pull all your hair out, you know. I mean, exactly. You, you know. <laughs> Picture. Uh, <laughs> Bruno, you know, having a meeting trying to bring in David, and David mouths off, you know, to the big man's. He goes, I have a sentimental weakness for my children. And I spoil them, as you can see. They talk when they should listen. Anyway, Senora McMahon, my note to you is final. I want to congratulate you on your new steroid business. <laughs> and do you, do you think you took David back back in like in the back? You think you like slapped? Him, like, don't ever, uh, don't, don't ever. Question. David. 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 And then David, and then David ends up like shot to death going through the, a toll booth. <laughs> Look at they, they, the McMahons, they massacred my boy. <laughs> he's got to, he's got to call Tony Altamore to come over and, you know, I don't want his mother to see him like this. Clean him up. <laughs> they jobbed up my boy, my boy. They jobbed up my boy. Look what they did. They massacred him. <laughs> <laughs> who did who did they have him lose? He made him lose to some perennial jobber in Philly. Yeah. Honestly, he submitted yeah, yeah. to a bear hug. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they massacred my boy. He never had a career again. I am just pict- I'm just picturing Dominic as as Pacino in that scene where uh with uh, Vince Senior as the as the Irish cop, you know. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the chief of police. That's how uh, that's how Vince Senior died in nineteen eighty three. Albano's cooking meatballs, and we're very proud. We're very proud of you. He's like, I don't want my fucking Albano. He's like, I don't want my brother coming out of that stall with his dick in his hand. <laughs> That's when Dominic had to go into exile, and I don't know, month back to Montreal or something. Did he didn't, like work in some really shit territory in Buffalo or something? I, I, I got that in mind, like. They went to Buffalo. That's right. They're like NWF or whatever it was. <laughs> it is like he did go to some really shit territory. All right. Uh, you, picture, you, you, you picture the whole thing when uh, uh, when Bruno and them would go out uh, out west to to work and would get in uh, to you know uh, difficulties with the promoters. You know. I don't care how many grease balls from New York you send out here. You're not getting over in Kansas City. <laughs> well, you, you, you know that story. I, mean, I, I told that story before that Matt Matisik tells uh, Johnny that um, Sam Muchnick, whenever he Sam Muchnick would never hang with the boys, but when Dominic Danucci came to town, he took yeah, him right. out to dinner. So, uh-huh. like, there must be something. There must like why was Sam Muchnick taking Danucci out for dinner? He was just <laughs> scared of getting shot, maybe. I don't yeah. know. He's like, we really want to, you know, he's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a representative of uh, the New York, uh, the, the McMahons and Titan <laughs> Capital Sports, and uh, we'd just really like to see um, uh, 
uh, Larry Zabisco, uh, maybe get over here in uh, in the sun. He's like, I would do you any favor, but there was this beautiful ring rat. She was gorgeous. She was beautiful. She was innocent. She was the greatest piece of ass I ever had, and I've had them all over the world. And that Zabisco, he ruined her. He'll never get over it. Central City. <laughs> Oh, they could do the whole movie, Johnny. And then they find Carrie Von Eric's head in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Or, or, or I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, or, or like all five of the Von Eric's heads in the bed because you know they well, all. Uh... I was going, I was going for the horse similarity. <laughs> yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, but I just like why not multiply it because they're on Eric's, you know. Anyway, let's uh, let, let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, yes, we we like the Italians. We like the Italian connection in uh, in in uh, in uh, New York here. Um, I am Italian, so you know. So so any anyone who's you know a friend of ours is listening, you know, don't take it so seriously. No, yeah. It's all them, it's these three. I'm a, I'm a Paisan. Wait, wait. No. Paisan. 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 That's it. Right, it's Paisan. La Familia. La Familia. La Familia. I do think Danucci's kind of like the Tom Hagen of Bruno's crew, I think. He's he's definitely like... Uh... Nah, no, Tom Hagen's not a... Not I know a Tom Hagen's not Italian, but he seems to... He seems to be the conciliary, or what they call it, in, of the of the uh, crew. You know, he looks like Salazzo, though. He does. Yeah, he, he does, does look like Salazzo. Right. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. He does look like Salazzo. <laughs> I never thought it would have been you, Salazzo. I thought it would have been Clemenza. Dominic, do you think you could you know, give me a break just for old times' sake? I'm sorry, <laughs> you're going to Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, Bruno, who we all thought was retired, is now back. What's the story with Bruno coming out of retirement? Any any ideas? Like he uh, he actually hadn't retired yet. Yeah. He hadn't retired. Okay. That, that, no, he would just he just cut back to very sporadic um, appearances. He, he actually retires the next year, eighty one. Right. Okay. Um, I was wondering. I never thought he was, was retired. So this is taking me to a curveball here. Well, like still eighty one. Yeah. Well, he basically just yeah, in eighty one. He does in eighty one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know that. I didn't know he retired. That's when Parvis said he, I thought we all thought he retired. I, no, well, I didn't think that. When yeah. when he had that match with Larry, that was his last match for a long time. Like he didn't wrestle again for. Well, maybe this was his next match. I after think that. this. I think it may actually. This may be his uh, next match. Because uh, they mentioned Shade. on commentary that he hadn't. He like this is his first match in ages. So maybe his last yeah. match was at Shade. And that was well, you know what it is. What it is is that it just became ingrained in the popular. Head via the way they presented history is that after Shay Bruno retired. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's that easy makes to pull for the better yeah. Yeah, But anyway, he's back here, taking on uh, the, the Intercontinental Champion Campatera. He's still got Arnold Scarland as his manager, who bothers to turn up with his fifties hair here. Um, couple of little Cal watch moments. Uh, here it is. Um, Cal, now, now Cal had uh, the word sissy on his mind tonight. Because oh, he kept yes. on going on about Ken Patera running like a sissy. Um, at one point, he said, I'm getting limp. Did you, did you catch that? I'm getting mm. limp just looking at it. There's tons in this match. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll I, I leave, uh, leave the rest of them for you to say, but um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, these two are a pair of idiots. I mean, um, did you notice the dick? 
busted out the it's a happening line that uh, Gorilla yep. Monsoon uh, yeah mm-hmm. so uh, it, that was interesting maybe Gorilla got that line from him um, all right Pete take it take it away on this uh, on this match all right guys uh, Bruno versus Patera I really enjoyed the match I, I'd probably call it like three and a half stars uh, really a really entertaining uh, match uh, both guys are trying to establish physical dominance to start the match. We get a nice little overhand uh, wrist locks battle, which was great. Patera uh, with a hair pull. The advantage that they do this, like uh, they rinse and repeat and do it again. And then we get a really nice payback by Bruno because he uh, does the same thing and pulls uh, Kenny's hair. Uh, Patera working the back with stomps and a barrage of AWA elbow drops. Uh, he does a bow and arrow by Ken. Bruno's reversal was great. Patera immediately goes to the ropes. And Cal actually does something like, he, Kenny, Ken Patera's on Weird Street. Like, what the fuck is Weird Street? Is that, like, bad joke okay. coming? Bad joke. <laughs> is, that, is that the a couple no, blocks no, no. away from Bad Street, USA? Or No, no, it's actually, it's, when he says Weird Street, I don't get it, but the old term used to be, uh, he, you know, he hit him so hard, he knocked him into Queer, queer Street. Yeah. Queer yeah. Street. But, but not, but not, queer as a, uh, yeah. a homophobic right. slur but so when he says weird street i was like no it's queer street yeah, yeah that's why i was like but there is a like? queer street about uh, three blocks down from the spectrum so maybe he just <laughs> didn't, didn't want to uh right i'm, I'm not I'm, and i'm not making that up <laughs> i can i can believe it okay then but Patera then goes into the with a, goes into the corner with a bump and hurts his shoulder, and then Bruno just kills the shoulder and the arm. And the work has a real ruggedness to it, which is something we've we've mentioned about Bruno because he really uh, he seems real larger than life uh, when he's doing the work, and it's just it's just it's just nice because it's just rugged. Uh, Patera gets vertical and uses a couple of well uh, well uh, well uh, uh, well. well well, uh, we use some elbows to escape. Well, placed elbows to escape. Patera teases the swing of Phil Nelson that Bruno breaks instantly. Uh, Patera's doing a great job selling that arm damage, and he's just really uh, putting over what Bruno did to the arm. Um, and then Bruno is back on that damn shoulder, just attacking it. Uh, Patera takes the powder, selling the shoulder the whole entire time, and just selling it huge. I mean, just again, the storyline getting across in the story. Uh, Patera's left arm is, like, useless. And again, Bruno's after the arm. We get a chair shot by Patera for a DQ, and it's just a really good match. And uh, makes you excited for for the rematch that booked for December. Uh, uh, both guys worked really well, and uh, uh, it might have been uh, Bruno's best, like, technical match, or best, like, non-blood match, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Mm. Yeah, it does. But yeah, I thought the work on the arm that he does is just so rugged, and and real. I mean, it's not like he's doing all these fancy moves to it, but damn, it looks like it hurt. He's he's going to do him on that rope. He's going to do him. I enjoyed that bit. Yeah. <laughs> Bruno could be arrested for what he's doing now. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johnny. <laughs> uh, well, before I get into the, 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 the wonderful world of Cal Rudman, uh, I wrote the exact same thing down, pretty much you did, Pete. That everyone who would say, oh, Bruno's just a punch-kick guy. You know what? Yeah, he was punching and kicking the arm. He was working a body part. You know, it just, you know, you can you watch guys who do that. Now, oh, look at him just dissect that, 
that like like say you know Cesaro or what have you now you know and you know boy they can make it look pretty or or make it look hurty or whatever look at this this is giant Bruno and he's doing the same thing that's scientific wrestling uh, it's um what did I write down here it's it was scientific Bruno you know he was using his pounding and punching and kicking to to to, to work a body part and using uh, his so, yeah. using his tools yes exactly like, exactly like, just before you carry on Johnny um. I want to say that like Bruno's style of wrestling doesn't really exist in for the rest of the eighties. Like nobody else wrestles like that. It's a very specific style, but it seems quite unique to New York and to him. Really, it's like I can't mm. think of anyone else who wrestles like that. It's kind of like technical, punchy, kicky all at once. I don't know. I thought uh, at times like Dick Murdoch worked a little like that, where it was like, real rugged yeah. when he was working an arm. Um, he I, wasn't I, like he was doing these pretty things to it. I see Dick. I see Dick Murdoch as a more straightforwardly technical wrestler, though, if that makes any sense. Like, it kind of like there's something about mm. the way that there's something about the way that Bruno moves. He's kind of like it's hard to explain, but I, I don't. It, it feels like a style that is all of its own. Like I don't. I can't think of anyone who's even close to working like that in the 80s. I don't know about you guys, but when you look at Bruno, does he feel kind of like a gorilla in a way? I mean, is that <laughs> no, yeah, like yeah, his yeah. I can see what you're saying, Pete. I can see what you're saying. Gorilla, yeah. How dare you? You're calling me a girl. <laughs> you know, he's like he's like he's like the, the missing link almost, you know, and uh, between man and an ape, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I, there's something there's something rough about it. There he is. He's rough. Yeah. yeah. He's r- rough and ready. R- rugged is a really good word. Yeah. So anyway, we we should also preface this right now is as this is the show. Uh, the, and I mean the entire show, at least that we saw, where uh, it's a work of the arm night in Philadelphia. Yeah, it is. Which led to, uh, not once, but it, it comes up later, but my favorite, Bruno's going to take that arm home with him. <laughs> and I got to be like, and he's like, yeah, he's going to take it. I was like, honey, and all. And he gets home from work. And, uh, did, did you pick up some groceries? I brought home a Patera arm steak. I was like, oh, that'd be great for the barbecue later. You know, and yeah, you tenderize it and get it all ready to go. You know, hopefully the backlands bring over an arm too because they're, you know, God, that's coming up. And, uh, the, yeah, he could be arrested. But here's the, the best part about that he could be arrested for what he's doing. Like, he says, he could be arrested for legalized mayhem. I was like, well, if it's legalized, then I yeah. guess he can't be arrested for a drunken <laughs> douchebag. Uh, oh, God, but, it's such an idiot. But no, Cal, no, Cal uh, was – it went from the sissy thing. While Bruno and uh, they're doing the, 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 the wrist lock – and uh, Pater's doing his best not to rip Bruno's wig off when they're doing the hair pull. Oh, I saw <laughs> and, that. I saw that. He uh, put it on Bruno's rug. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, he was down. He was down at the neck. He was down at the neck, <laughs> where the real hair still is. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> and um, and he's like, uh, he's acting like a sissy. Cal's level of gay bashing went from two to eleven in about five seconds. Because first he goes, he's he's fighting like a girl. He's look. He's fighting like a girl. That's how it got. It's like a little girl. He's a sissy, sissy. He's throwing around like a faggot. 
He's a perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you stinking fag. <laughs> I mean, that was next. It was escalating. It was. He was. You're right. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. <laughs> Pretty soon he's going to be, you know, joining the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> but it's, from what we see later, it's kind of God a little bit hypocritical. <laughs> it's a little bit hypocritical of Carl, given what we see later on. But let's uh, let's talk oh about my that gosh. later. Let's talk about that later. Anyway, uh, never see, well, it, all started, it all started with him saying, as uh, Peter was being uh, uh, taking his uh, clothes off uh, his, to begin, you know, he's nervous taking his pants off tonight. <laughs> well, yeah. He was nervous. Pat Patterson, Is that he's because a gentle uh, lover. But Bruno, like, Bruno's a gorilla. You know, Bruno's the, Bruno's the bear in this, you know, in, the, in this relationship. Yeah. Peter's the twink. <laughs> maybe he was nervous because he maybe he was nervous because he didn't have wizard to take his trousers off for him. No, there were parts of the match that I uh, was a little like okay, but I, I got what they were going with the, the the test of strength and stuff. But oh yeah, oh then when it all wrapped up and got heated, I was really into it because I dug it. And 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 Tony Gurria being part of the brigade of guys running in. Uh, to break it up at the end after the DQ, uh, that was just like, you know, the very beginning of him trying out the career that he would eventually have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for many years, <laughs> as he's having his last big push, he's <laughs> he's trying out what's going to be his next big role is running out to break up fights for the next twenty years. It's going to be smart. He was looking ahead. looking ahead. You bet. Did um. Did you notice that Phil Zacco was out as well? He, uh, Phil, Phil Zacco, speaking of, speaking of the mob. Phil Zacco came out. <laughs> Phil Zacco. And he got he got a shout out from Dick and Cal, which I always love. Phil Zacco sounds like one of those names you make up <laughs> for a monster. Have you seen have you yeah. seen him have you seen him, Johnny? He's the, yeah. he's, he's basically the penguin, Phil Zacco. <laughs> Amazing guy. Oh, <laughs> Kelly, what did you think of this? Uh, the return of Bruno. Did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, like has been said, you know, it was great to see Bruno doing, you know, working and I'm working a body part, uh, being scientific uh, and, he, and doing it well. Uh, the psychology was really uh, sound in this match. It built and built um, some more Cal watch moments. Um, he accused he accused Ken uh, of fighting like a, a little girl at one point, which I guess is worse than giggling like one. Um, oh. oh, and uh, and another one uh, when I don't know what Bruno was doing, I can't remember, but my note is Cal said, "You almost want to pull with him, don't you?" Um, that sounded <laughs> so, instead of pull for him, <laughs> pull, pull, pull with him. <laughs> that, that was the limp line. He's like, "They're all going limp." Uh, was what I'm going limp. What he was trying to mean is like uh, the, the crowd was so with Bruno. When he yeah. was trying to get out of the test of strength, then he go back down. And you go, oh, it's like it deflates the crowd or whatever. He's like, we're all going limp. Yeah, um, Super Eight was filming this uh, for uh, posterity, of course. <sighs> I'm not happy. I'm not happy, Kelly. That man is an imposter. I know the mustache <laughs> took away all of his charm. It's not the real man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's about twenty Sadly pounds. He's about twenty pounds lighter as well. Well, he probably he's, had a heart attack. He was gone for several months. You, <laughs> you sir, are a fraud. 
<laughs> can, can I just say, right? Imagine all like imagine that this 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 guy, the original Super Eight and Super Eight Android are all different men. That means that Spectrum did have a fat seat. <laughs> it's bizarre that the, the, in the same spot in every show there's a fat man sitting there. I don't think we've ever seen Super 800 uh, after that one and only appearance. He was only there that once, wasn't he? Super 800. Yeah. He was yeah. massive, though. That must have just been Super 8 wearing a particularly big jacket or something, probably. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I just realized that I, I, I would have hated having to be behind those guys walking up the stairs out of the spectrum. Because as someone who's been on the floor of the spectrum, there, there's no elevators, there's no escalators. It's like it's a walk. You got to walk up a flight of concrete stairs uh, with a god that must have been just forever. Super, to be behind those Super guys. Eight must stink as well because I've noticed that he wears the same shirt week in week out. It's like uh, he he wore the white one for the like, the first eight shows. Well, maybe now it's his lucky. Maybe it's his lucky wrestling. But now he's in the old, now he's in the, like that orangey red number. Have you noticed? I had, anyway, I had a lucky wrestling shirt. I had this tie this tie dyed shirt I used to wear to every uh, show, indie show. I used yeah, to but wear. Johnny, you're not eight hundred pounds. Well, no, <laughs> but I, I, you know, you, you could wear the same shirt. To, maybe it's his lucky wrestling shirt. Uh, <laughs> so um, I always wear the first same shirt to like first dates all the time. I always wear a. Do you, wash, do you actually wash it, though? Of course. I can't imagine Super 8 washes his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> he combs his hair. Why wouldn't he wash his yeah, clothes? Yeah. That's just grease. Stuff. That's just grease. Like, he's got, like, he's got a bit of the Ireland Scotland chip fat going on. He, he, he combs his hair with buttered toast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on um, to the next match here. Uh, we all we all happy? All happy with Patera, Bruno? Good match. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, like I'm, I'm like I'm, we've, I think we've discussed before. before I, I'm a big like arm, like working a body part guy, so that, those type of matches resonate. So the show resonated really well for me. Yeah, <laughs> I really like. They think like some t- like clearly they had the road agents or the guys didn't talk to each other on this show. They didn't have road agents back in the '80s, part. No. Well, the, the, the clearly they just didn't. Or they, if they did, they were playing cards. All they, they just didn't talk to each other then during this uh, <laughs> show because every single match worked with the arm. So arm. another thing that I when I watch territories, it's, I always wonder this would never Vince would this would never happen with Vince now, where you have the heel and the baby face both wearing the same colors, like they're both wearing red trunks. I mean, it did, uh, but you know, like nowadays that would never happen. Hmm. They didn't have road agents at all. I, no. I thought, um, not like not like you're thinking of. No, uh, because no, haven't we seen somebody become one though? Uh, who is the guy who worked in the office? Monsoon. No, there's guys who uh, work the finishes yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. Monsoon. Uh, who like who was that? Who was that guy who went to work in the office? Who got fired by? Um, who got fired by Jerry Briscoe? Who was that guy? Uh, Rene Goulet. Rene Goulet. He went to work in the office at this time. He was yeah, a road agent. delivery boy. He was a road agent at this time. He <laughs> said, in the 90s, uh, he was no, he, no, he was still wrestling. No, he was a road agent. Did, didn't you listen to my... You, do you not listen to the show? <laughs> I don't listen. <laughs> Apparently you don't. No, it's later. It's later, Barb. It's later. And, and they said he worked with the young guys talking about their finishes and stuff like that. And, uh, like the jobbers and shit that worked. You know. <sighs> 
You know, it's like the arm bars here in 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 in, uh, in New York are like down south, where it's like how 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 many different matches are gonna get are gonna get color, right? Yeah, you know, it's like you got salt. You know, all these matches are getting color down south, and uh, and all these matches up north, there's lots of arm bars and lots of uh, arm work. You know, just just the area. It wasn't until the nineties where I think agents started becoming yeah, where they were a little, a little bit more prevalent, but it wasn't until like really the last. Probably the last seven or eight years where they've become like ingrained in the in the in the, in the pr- promotion and stuff. In I the d- past, you know. I I just know that Gou- I just know that Goulet in the early eighties was working as a road agent. That's all. Okay. And they worked on finishes. That was it. They, they finish. just worked on finished. Like Pat Patterson must have started doing that at some point as well. match then WWF champion Bob Backlund taking on Larry the living legend Zabisco um, with <laughs> Tony Atlas as the referee um, now before we get into this match my god Tony Atlas has got a perfect V-shaped torso he couldn't like he looks <laughs> like a do you remember that cartoon Johnny Bravo where the guy was yeah. 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 Tony Atlas's body is unreal at this point. It's, <laughs> it's not the letter V, he's the letter Y. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's the letter Y. His, his yeah. like, backside, his ass is so skinny. Ooh. It's like, how has he got such a tight, tight, little... He literally has, like, the... the the bottom of a twelve-year-old oh. girl, and then Ooh. like, and then like, a, <laughs> but then like a massive, massive. Just chest. It's kind of like, oh god, you're just bad. You're, uh, someone, someone, isolate all of that and make drops out of yeah. them. Post- oh, I'm, re- I'm recording this, so it's it's done. Thank you, thank you, Kelly. Because I, 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 I want to drop a little. Oh, Parv, what do you think of your co-host Johnny Cyril? <laughs> He's got a tight little ass of a twelve-year-old girl. <laughs> He is the black Superman of I mean, our yeah. yes. fun, you know. T- Tony Atlas, at this point in his career, looks like a kind of comic book character. He's that kind of well-shaped and stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. And then, as if it couldn't get any more exciting, he went down Zabisco's tights for, for an object. He actually, yeah. went, he actually put his hand inside the tights. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah. That's the whole thing. That's what the guy, these guys are hiding. Yeah, that's just going to show you. Tony Atlas, uh, not homophobic whatsoever in a very homophobic business because these guys, I'm going to hide my foreign object where no man is going to want to put his hand. Well, not me, motherfucker. Yo, ooh, what we got here? <laughs> what have you got down here, white boy? All yeah. right. <laughs> Nothing compared to the might of the Atlas, of course. Yeah, that that, that doesn't arouse me. Only women walking on, on, on my back does. Or oh, sometimes, <laughs> me, uh, sometimes uh, I'm, I'm looking for foreign objects uh, around the apartment. Because I hide them when I... Okay, that's a very odd reference. It was either that or the cellophone joke, and that's everyone's done that one. So. 
Okay. You've done it five or six times. I mean, what's the I know. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, oh, as well. Uh, That's the six. Six is the limit. <laughs> six is bad radio. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, Zabisco and Atlas had a bit previous, didn't they? Zabisco and Atlas had a bit previous before going into this match because uh, hadn't uh, Zabisco called him boy or something? What did he call him? He was disrespectful. Zabisco uh, was disrespectful to him on a promo before, I seem to recall. Yes? Yeah. Have I not made that? He calls him boy for sure. Yeah, no, like a few months ago now. I thought, I thought there was, I thought there was a, they had interaction at that Battle Royal, maybe? Yeah, there was something, wasn't there, between these two? Because uh, Atlas is kind of like, yeah, they mention it on commentary as well. So, um, there must have been something. Um, anyway, Pete. Uh, Backland taking on yeah. Harry. Another another good match from these guys. I throw call it like three and a quarter stars. Really enjoyed it. Um, Atlas, uh, you guys already mentioned that was groping Larry to start, so I'll just repeat that real quick because I have it in my notes. Uh, Backland is just kicking his ass to start. Loving Backland's aggressiveness uh, and and knowing uh, it's controlling now. Bob's controlling Larry's arm. Shoulder up into the corner by Bob. Should be a huge momentum shifter. Now Larry's on offense, and he's, he's kicking and stomping and punching, which is really cool. But then uh, we uh, Bob with a front, you know, without, without, but then uh, he's, he's doing this, but then all of a sudden Larry clamps on this. The, the, or brawling early was really good and really exciting. Then when Larry <laughs> starts to get heat, he puts him in a front face lock, and it's choking him. And I mean, it makes it's, it's it's a good cheating move, but with the story they were telling, it kind of went, came out of left field to me. And, and uh, especially when Bob does this corner bump and hurt, clearly hurts his shoulder, you think Larry would be, you know, kicking the shit out of the shoulder and stuff, but he's clamping on a front face lock and, and choking him. Uh, Bob with a comeback that gets cut off with a low blow. Bob bumps to the outside, and Larry slams his head on the announce table. And follows follows it with him uh, choking with a mic cord. Alice separates him, and then and then Bachman comes back. A pile driver that didn't look real clean because looked like Larry was trying to fight it. Uh, butterfly, beautiful butterfly suplex by Bob though. Uh, Larry's back to choking Bob on the ropes for a DQ. Larry cheap uh, Larry cheap shot to Alice after the match. I mean the brawling earlier is really good. And the match in the middle kind of lost me a little when Larry, when uh, Zabisco took offense. But overall, it was a really good match. It was still a good match. Have you well, finished? Is, is that enough, Pete? Have you, have you done? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, done. Sorry, I was, uh, yeah. I, I was just, um, you know, uh, I thought you may have some further comments. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed the match. When someone makes a statement and then has a, as a, uh, a definite ending to it and then stops talking for a couple of seconds, <laughs> that usually me. means they're done. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> that, that's, that's not even Johnny logic. All right. <laughs> Par. He's looking at porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some English major Parvis doesn't know when a sentence is ending. Where it's like, <laughs> uh, Johnny, what do you think of this match? Yes. Well, English. English. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Um, I agree that the choking bit uh, <laughs> sort of slowed down, but they were, you know why they were doing that was to involve Atlas as the, yeah. give him something to do yeah. as a special referee. Uh, which is like, cause, cause he'd be looking at one side and it's a front face lock, but he's choking him on the other side of his neck. You know, that, that's some subtle choking right there. <laughs> I'm not going to choke you on the left, but I'm choking you on the right and boom, switch back and forth as Tony leaps over. Uh, Tony leaping over the guys when they're on the mat becomes a recurring theme <laughs> during this match. Uh, I, and you want to talk about dated references, uh, to open this. You have Dick uh, calling Larry Zabisco Peck's bad boy. (laughs) No, no, what did that mean? Okay, Peck's bad boy is a a stage show, a play that was very, very popular in the late 1800s into the turn of the century. Uh, (laughs) Done, I mean, hugely over. It became a a phrase that pecks bad boys like a, a spoiled brat. And, um, in fact, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy uh, with Jimmy Cagney, uh, in the beginning, the young George M. Cohan is playing pecks bad boy as they're traveling around, you know, oh, late yeah. 1800s America. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's how old of a reference that is. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Larry for president sign. You're in Philadelphia. Uh, and then Cal, uh, Cal is uh, talking about, uh, uh, I guess, Tony Atlas, because he was going on about him. And, it, and, and the fact that he wasn't wearing a shirt. They actually painted stripes on Tony <laughs> Atlas. Because that's how tight that, that, that was. That they painted him, you know. God, uh, that was a tight. God, <laughs> you know, Atlas, what a man. <laughs> what a man. And then he he's like, I'll go anywhere in town with him, you know. And I, and. You know, no one's gonna. You know, basically, he's like, no one's, no one's gonna fuck with you. You're walking around here with Tony Atlas, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna write a joke. I'm like, you know, I, I, that's absolutely true. I'd, <laughs> I'd be the same way. I'd, I'd walk around like 1980s Philadelphia with impunity if Tony Atlas was at my side. I'm like, sure. I know exactly. Did you, you see it? And, uh... Did you see it when? Uh, did you see it when Atlas was like uh, bending over to do the? Uh, to do, he was yes. bending over to do the. That was like. It shouldn't be allowed in the ring. That would have been like any gay guys in the crowd. They would have been like, "Oh, wow!" You know, oh, all gay guys wouldn't be interested in the ass of a twelve-year-old girl, as you uh, described oh, of it course, there. Of course, of uh, course. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, how did he get those pants? Like, like, do you think he had them like uh, Olivia Newton-John did, like uh, <laughs> sewn on? Like, you know, in oh, Greece, yeah. she had those uh, tight <laughs> sewn so on. <laughs> How did he get them on? It was like they were so they were so tight. Is that Cal? Well, Cal got out his his joke that he just loved himself for. You know the uh, you know he's like what happens if you cross a tiger and a parrot? He's like you don't know what it is, but you're gonna listen to what it says. There was some shit like that. Oh god! He was very pleased with that. Uh, Oh, Cal. You, uh, I, you know Tony's favorite part about being the referee was the beginning when he's checking the guys for foreign objects and uh, he gets to check the feet. Oh, boom! Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's murder! That's the best. When Backlund charges Larry to begin with, and Cal just screams, "It's murder!" <laughs> I'm afraid it's a case of it's like it should be Quincy, you know? <laughs> it's like 
What do you think, Quince? It looks pretty uh, cut, uh, cut and dry. You know, Sam, it's a clear case of murder. Quincy jokes, because it's 1980, everyone. Thank you. Uh, no, nothing, really. Quincy? Jack Klugman? Ugh. I, I remember that, Johnny. I do. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Backlund apparently Thank is going to bring Backlund is going to bring an arm to the barbecue uh, because he's taking another arm home, uh, according to Cal. Uh, the best is the Tony's pinfall count. I can't remember who's pinning who, but Tony, like, bridges over them himself to look at the shoulder, hits a one count, then goes, oh, what the fuck am I doing? And then goes back over and he goes, uh, gives a two count. So technically, there was a three count. <laughs> there, there technically was a three count. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. You know, was like, well, well, he's, he's not experienced. <laughs> he just had probably never But he was a pretty good ref in every other way. You know, he's experienced enough to know what a ref does. He was moving around, right, and being in position. He, he didn't actually yeah, get in the way during this match like Monsoon did in that match. He didn't you know, get himself involved that much. Yeah, he was trying to stay out of the way. Uh Oh, and here's the great, uh, and this wasn't a cow line, this was a dick line. Typical Zabisco gets in trouble and goes right for the crotch. Crotch. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, him and me both. And uh, then that pile driver, it looked like Larry's neck got fucking snapped. Oh, yeah, it looked like he crippled. Uh, I mean, it was just. Uh, uh, <laughs> And then Bob, not to be outdone, not to be outdone with his pile driver, decides to show everyone just how fucking strong he is, and lifts Larry up for the atomic drop, walks him across the ring twice, yeah. like it's nothing, you know. And I'm like, wow. And does the atomic drop? Uh, strong Bob, uh, strong Bob, tight pants, uh, does his thing, and uh, yeah. And then the big DQ ending, and uh, I, 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 I thought it was good, but. Like you said, I, I I understand why they did the long choking spot to build up to the rematch, to, uh, not the rematch, but the, the the main event of the next show, which is going to be Zabisco Atlas, or uh, or one of the main events. And so as long as I understand why they did it, but it did take the momentum out of the match. But it's still still very good. It's still very good. And the one thing though, you just mentioned about the power spots, the thing I thought was really impressive on one of the power spots was actually when Backlund. Like lifts Larry up from outside in and slams him. That was yeah. ridiculous. I mean, good God, Kelly. Yeah, I, I really like this match. Um, probably helped by seeing the the previous match between Bob and Larry, as this one you know led into it. But still, I I, I mean, these two guys work really well together. Um, I'm glad oh, we yeah. sort of, you know, discovered this in a way because earlier today. I was just sitting around and had nothing to do. I thought I'd search online about, you know, uh, Bob Backlund versus Larry Zabisco, what's been written, and I couldn't find a single thing anywhere. Um, so this is like a real, uh, real under the radar. Um, I guess you could call it a series. I, this is it, though, um, but two uh, two matches. Um, and, and yeah. Kelly, you actually went and dug up this footage. Like, we. We didn't. We yeah. went a little bit off script to find this yes. stuff, didn't we? Yeah. Job, well, that's. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I we I think we've got to a point now where, you know, um, 
the set's great and all, but uh, we've got to explore some of the other avenues, especially the the Philly Spectrum stuff, which mm. um, is uh, underrepresented. Um, this was like this was like grainy, and the sound was a little bit. Good. Oh yeah, we love that, I know, don't I, we? We love it. Yeah. We've, we're breaking <laughs> free of our bonds. <laughs> yes. It definitely wasn't network quality. Like this is. I don't know. I'll say if, if the show shows up on the network anytime soon, I'll say no, Parva, you're crazy. Uh, for, for the network. <laughs> quality, but... Oh yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. No, this is a rare show. It's never been on. It was never on the. Um, but you know, it's, it's like that because there's like one VHS of it, which has been taped. Like you know, we've probably got like 20th generation taping or something. Oh probably yeah. Why it's like that, you know? Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely, uh, yeah, 20 generations at least. Um, a little noisy at times, but, um, you know, we're a hardcore wrestling fan, so we'll watch pretty yeah. much anything. Oh, uh, compared, to, compared to some of the shit that I used to have in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that I hear I, you. That I, that I would tape myself uh, off of yeah. um, non-cable TV and have all kinds of aluminum foil, uh, silverware, <laughs> and, and shit behind my TV connecting to the main antenna trying to get channel 17 in just right, and I'd tape it, you know, and it would be shitty, and I'd be saying to my friends, look at this, it's great. It's just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> God, content, yeah, no. con- content trumps uh, uh, yeah, quality. So take yeah. your HD and stick it up your ass. That's what we say. Give me all this in HD TV and I'll sit here watching this in, you know, naked. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> true. No, like, it's, was, it's a nice I, to I have. It's a nice to have the HD, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this match. Um, even the finish. I mean, it sets up the next, uh, the next feud. Uh, with Larry and Tony Atlas, um, pretty much all my notes have already been mentioned. Uh, the different things. There was one spot that I liked um, where Atlas blocked Larry Z from punching Bob in the corner, right? And then later on, he he blocks Backlund doing the same thing. Yeah, but back, yeah. Yeah, Backlund is able to block Larry's incoming punch and then punch Larry. So that was a nice little spot, right? Um, because you know Atlas was being fair to the to both sides, but uh, Backlund was just a little bit smarter than Larry to be able to uh, to uh, overcome Atlas's uh, blocking his punch. So I thought that was really good. Yeah, the match got violent. You know, low blows. Uh, Bob gave a low blow uh, back later. Uh, it would be nice if they had you know a cage match or a final Texas Death match between these two. Uh, the pile driver was freaking awesomely massive. It was great. And yeah, I, I, I'm. This has become sort of one of my favorite uh, rivalries uh, so far. Is uh, oh, wow, it's pretty strong, strong praise, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I, something about it. I, I, I really like Zabisco at, at this time, and actually, uh, for most of his career, I've, uh, you know, I'm a Zabisco. Larry, Larry's right now. I mean, we only have a month left. He's my leading candidate for MVP of 1980. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I think Kel, uh, the next time people go is uh, like make some thread somewhere about what could have been that didn't didn't happen uh i i'd be on board with saying uh a long uh, zabisco backland feud in 1980 because what we got was so good they meshed yeah. so well and uh yeah. and we're, i'm thankful that we've got what we've got but uh yeah. just imagine the possibilities yeah and by watching both their styles uh with different opponents and their and matching up with each other you can see they could have 
done so many different type of matches. They could have done technical <laughs> masters. They could have done wild brawling. They could have done cage matches. Yep. I mean, it could have gone yep. in and out. Now, Kelly, not to put you on the spot, um, yep. I'm going to. Uh, I'm assuming this show drew more than the first one because with Bruno on it. Am I right? Or do you uh, know? That's the thing. Um, all the cards from Philly around this time have numbers except for this one. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, the the card previously drew 13,000. 12, yeah, okay. 12, just a shade over 12,000. The next show in December, which is a matinee, um, draws only 7,700. I'll tell you what, though. There is no doubt that this show sold out with Bruno in it. I, I think, yeah, this one seemed to be pretty packed from what you can see when they pull yeah, the camera. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it didn't look like there was many empty seats. I mean, oh, well, oh, and, sure, and, and, they weren't showing up, of course, these but, nosebleeds, but I mean, I just can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. And before we move on, just you know, think about what we all just said. And when this gets out there, and uh, some people are going to hear us say, and we can say, and we can say this uh, with uh, with uh, the knowledge that we're right. Uh, but when we go, you know, it's a lost opportunity. Bob Backlund versus Larry Zabisco. How many internet heads of so-called uh, guys who think they know what they're talking about would go? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're gonna be like, uh, no, uh, we're actually right here, and we've discovered this. Uh, so yeah. uh, kudos to us. P, I'm just going to read you my one-line review of this match, because I think it might amuse you, okay? And it just, my one-line review of this match just goes, <laughs> back suplex, pile driver, butterfly suplex, atomic <laughs> drop. <laughs> good, good match. <laughs> yeah, I will also say that Bob did not guzzle up uh, Larry Z. We're excited for Tennessee where Bob no. sometimes does guzzle, but he gave I, Larry a lot in this ac- match. Actually, my one criticism, my one criticism is actually level at Larry here, which is that after taking all of those massive high spots from Bob, I think he should have been a little bit more out of it at the finish there. Like, because he wasn't I like... I that. Yeah, I can buy into that. He, he should have been, like, knocked out after that atomic drop. And he was still, like, up on the apron. Like, how isn't this guy dead, you know? After that pile sure. driver? After that... Uh, well, may, well maybe... Well, now it's time for... Now it's time for Johnny Logic here <laughs> on the show. There we uh, go. Well, you, ever get, you ever had a concussion? And you keep... Yes. Uh, and you keep doing all kinds of things that you shouldn't be doing? Uh, after you've had a concussion, maybe that super pile driver concussed Larry, and that's why he was able to shrug off stuff, because uh, I know I had a major concussion when I was 14 that almost put me in the the home, in the funny house for the rest of my life, and uh, I continued the rest of that day doing all kinds of wacky shit until Mm -hmm. someone realized I needed to go to the hospital, (laughs) so... I've had had, uh, eight concussions. From playing sports, well, and once you, you get this was one, this was football with no football right. with no helmet on a tundra. Okay. Once you get one, they get they come easier and easier it's to the point where if I bump my head a lot now, if I mean, I'm just real careful with my head. But if I like, I remember a few years ago, I bumped it just on a tree. Uh, I picked something up, and I there was a tree limb above me, and I got concussed. And you go to work, you don't realize you just realize you think you have a bad headache. You go to work, and by the time that you're done with work. You're, you feel like you have no energy because of the concussion and stuff. It's, it's uh, unreal. I was concussed once, um, and uh, it was one of the stupidest things I've ever done. 
me and my friend, we went down the beach, because I, I used to live by uh, the beach uh, at home, and we went and had a rock fight, just throwing rocks <laughs> at each other. And uh, uh, one of the rock, one of the rocks just hit me smack in the head, bang, out for eighteen hours. So there we go. Wow. That was, was it uh, a girl who threw the rock at you? Cause you have no, no, it was a, no, it was a, it was a boy. It was a boy. Okay. I don't know. I don't believe this story. You had a bit of a girl who gave me the concussion. Why? Why? Why did it have to be a girl? Because you've been beat up by all these girls, and like you lost an arm wrestling, and <laughs> that time, oh, maybe it was a guy you punched, and they called you a sissy. You punched like a girl. Oh god. Right. Girl who... I cut that out of the St. Louis episode. <laughs> yeah, you did. I decided to bring it back. I was disappointed. You <laughs> yeah. Considered extraneous information, quite right too. Let us move on. Let us move on. <laughs> well, I revealed exclusively over the air that his dad, and I don't like to get the family into it, but you have to know about the roof that gave you the flower. And his dad, vice president of the United States deal, and there's a thing about spoiled little rotten rich kids that That's does right. go to their head. That's he right. was raised with a silver spoon in his mouth, mm-hmm. and that never went away. That That's attitude, right. we call it attitude. That's absolutely right. He got his college education, yeah. and he got his brand new car when he was yeah. 16. Right. And when I was 16, I was working for, uh, let me see, on the line, I was working for just under $10 a, a 40-hour week. And I have to save to buy my first car. In New Zealand, the usually England, that's the way it is. That's the way, the way it is. So I know what it's like uh, to go out there and uh, and earn everything you, that you've got, not be given to him. Like, oh, that's what he is. He's a spoiled brat. I don't know how I got involved with him in the first place. Well, he was a different uh, type individual, at least uh, seemingly so at that time. And uh, you know, you got taken in as a lot of people did. So there's nothing against your uh, your attitude. You thought here was a guy you could really uh, run with for a long time. Well, that's about all the time we have for our intermission interview tonight with Tony Gray. Of course, naturally, we wish him only the very best. I'm not going to wish him luck because he doesn't need that. He makes his own luck by way of the way he wrestles. Cal, any parting uh, comments? Well, just somebody once described to me that has wrestled Tony uh, when Tony hits you with a left hook or the wrestling form of it and said that when Tony hits you with a left hook, it travels about six inches and they can count to a hundred over your butt in fractions and you won't get up. And then when he hits you in a gut, it's like a white hot steel poker. They suck it in and left it there. Is that true? Okay, I'll tell you one thing. Listen, if you ever want to get out of wrestling, if you need an agent, if you want to go into the movies, I'm your man. Look at that face you got. Look at it. The women love him. And so do the wrestling fans everywhere. That's our interview tonight. We're looking forward to the resumption of our action in just a few minutes. forward now to that tag team match Dick Graham yeah and I think the blood is going to flow like claret I would be surprised tonight I think it's going to be a, a dandy I wouldn't I wouldn't go too far away from their screen at home fans I know the fans in here are just really looking forward to this with great expectations what do you think the chances are for the uh... now is a moment that we've all been waiting for Dick Graham has a special guest with him it's Tony Gurria and um <laughs> In something which amused me, Cal is there too. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Um I before I hand this over to Johnny, um oh. to uh explain what I mean, obviously like first of all, Gorilla's hair. Oh dear me. It's yep. it's, it's, it's it's epic. It is epic here. John Travolta would kill for that hair in Saturday Night Fever. With just pillage <laughs> And burn the village down to get that hair. Um, I'll so, stay alive. <laughs> is playing in the background. Um, 
<laughs> Before I hand over to you, Johnny, I couldn't help but notice that despite all of his, his own homophobia earlier, Cal, during this interview, looks like he wants to get on his knees and start blowing Gurria quite oh. heavily. What was Cal doing? Like, he was like, he was like a kind of, I don't know, he was like a kind of little kid, almost. He was, his behavior, it was bizarre in this. It was almost he like has, a, yeah, he's creepy like that, he, was, he does it with Morocco and Steamboat it's almost and like now he, It's almost like he wanted to kiss him or something. It's like, what are you doing, Cal? Back off a bit, you know? Maybe, is he one of those close talkers? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... So, over to you, Johnny. Over to you. Okay, well, just testing, testing. I just had to turn off an update, so you're all hearing me here? Yes. Okay. Okay. It starts off great. Gurria's out there, and he's talking to Dick. You know, and he's coming off like he's an old veteran, you know? And that hair, my God, that hair, it just, you know what it looked like? If you put horns in in the side of it, it looked like you should you should take it off. And it's a Viking hairy helmet. Or just... <laughs> yeah, it's the old Flintstones lodge hat. The Flintstones, <laughs> I, 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 hey, hey, you're stepping on my next joke. You, oh, you sorry, remember the, 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 yeah, well, you know, it, great minds think alike, because that was exactly <laughs> where... If it was blue, it'd, it'd be the loyal order of, of water buffaloes. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Poobah. <laughs> oh, okay, Fred. You're running, you're running for Grand Poobah against Korea. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh... <laughs> Shut up, Bon. <laughs> my friend sucks because I sound like I sound like new Fred instead of original Alan uh, Fred Fred Alan Reed Fred. But, uh, but anyway, what do a man! A, do you have a kazoo though? Do you have a? Can you do kazoo? No, the great kazoo. Yeah. Oh God. Like, oh, hello, dum dums. <laughs> time to get oh, time to get your dum dums of another jam. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I can't do Joe Rockhead, you know Joe Rockhead, the uh, the lost neighbor. Oh, Joe Rockhead. Hey, uh, Bond, what would James Bond rock do in a situation like this? Oh, I do. You probably give him a judo chop, a judo, a chop, chop, chop. Uh, that broken nose on Gurria just makes him even more of a handsome man as well. Just the way the light catches it and. The shadow falls on it, and oh, what a man! And uh, and he's given this great old-fashioned babyface promo. He's he's he's, he's not not promo interview. He's a uh, he's not losing his temper. He's well spoken. He's not particularly exciting. You know, he's not he's he's not doing Dusty Rhodes or Jimmy Valiant or or Mister Wrestling Two or stoical stoical. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And uh, it's, uh, I wrote down real sports interview. And then all of a sudden, here comes Cal, <laughs> popping his drunken, weaselly-looking face uh, from <laughs> yeah, the side. He's such a bizarre man. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, well, let me tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking it's going to be knockdown dragon. I'm expecting blood. Uh, tell me, are my expectations too high? 
<laughs> Tony's looking at him like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> as, uh, as, 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 he, as he's saying, like, as my expectations are too high, his face is almost like touching Gurria. It's like, what yeah. the... And Gurria is looking at him like, what the <laughs> fuck is going... Yeah, he's keeping it together, but he's like, well, maybe they are a little too... Hi, it's yeah. I, you know we're 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 gonna do our best and use our style. You know he goes and and, and you know how about that Rick Martel? He's something, eh? <laughs> you know, yes, yes, he's yeah, yes, he's he's a great young talent. You know uh, we have a lot in common, and you know, we we work the same style. You know I've held the belt, you know, uh, four uh, four times, three times, uh, and uh, he never hasn't yet. And, and he. He keeps. <laughs> I swear to God, this is the, the, the most uncomfortable part of it. Was he's like, well, let's see. You know the reason. Let, let me ask you about Larry. <laughs> you know, now I revealed this on the air that his father was something. I guess it meant money, and uh, you know, and uh, it's and he goes, it's all his dad's fault. It's his father's <laughs> fault. It's his father's. I mean, he, this guy's like Dr. Cal's like Dr. Phil. So it's your father's <laughs> fault that Larry Zabisco turned out to be a small brat. And <laughs> he, and he's like, yo, him with his, his fancy college education. Yeah. How <laughs> <So> dare he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'd be one thing. It'd be one thing if he goes, you know, he was given cars. And he used to mention the cars everything. And it is his fancy college education. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, him and his books and brains, <laughs> you know. And, he, and, and, and here, poor Tony's like, well, I know what you're saying. You know, he's, when I was a kid, I had to work hard, too. And uh, I don't know why I, I fell in with uh, – and, and here's Dick going, well, you know, he wasn't always like that. <laughs> I know. But like Korea said, he's a small yeah. brat. I don't know why I got involved with him in the first place. That's what Korea said. Yeah, and then Dick's like – I said, well, you know, he wasn't always like this. Uh, and then Cal starts describing what it's like when Gurria punches a guy. <laughs> when Tony, and, and I just got to immediately go, he goes, you know, because all he's thinking about is wanting to fuck Tony Gurria. He, yeah. he wants to fuck Tony Gurria so bad. My notes. Or, you know, no, 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 I'm sorry. Funny, he just says, Cal wants to fuck, capital letters, Tony Gurria. Because that is exactly no, no, no. what it looks like. No, no, he wants to be fucked by Tony Gurria is the difference. That's what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. Because he goes, he's like, because I'm like, you know, when, when Tony fucks you, it's like a white hot poker up your ass. <laughs> it stays there. It stays there. I mean, when he says, when he punches you, it's like a white hot poker and it stays there. All I'm thinking of is him bent over in a gimp costume. Like, Come on, Tony. Stick it up my ass and make it stay. Dude, Cal, Cal was so weird, dude. Like, why is he so slimy? Like, he reminded me. Did you ever watch Thundercats? Like, he reminded me of Slythe. Do it. Does anyone get that reference? Like, he. Uh, Not me. I never watched. It's one of those cartoons I never I, I, really watched. I, I, I got you for yeah, There was yeah. this little lizard character who was like a, a crony of Mumra's, <laughs> who uh, who Cal. Came off a little bit like he's. I, I remember. Yeah. I remember the Thundercats bloopers <laughs> that they released. Uh, and, that were hilarious. You hear, you hear the uh, Panthera go and keep your foot off that blasted Samoflange. You go, what the fuck is a Samoflange? <laughs> um, 
Any further thoughts on this ridiculous uh, promo? What the hell? Ridiculous? Like- this is classic. This is classic Titans Discovery. It was right like, here. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, did anyone tell Cal, like, your job, your, your, like, I don't even know what he was doing there because Dick was the interviewer. What was Cal's role in this? It was like, he was just there cutting, like, going into business for himself. Well, you know, no, it's, like, it's like y'all said. It's like y'all said. When Cal had a guy he really liked, he'd get backstage, especially when they demoted him to being a backstage interviewer. Yeah, yeah. The guys he liked, he just <laughs> fawned over, like Piper, like you said, Piper in Morocco. He loved them. And we're just fun to where like Piper would be just kind of like, what, what the fuck what is going on? Morocco could roll with the, the guy. Yeah. But, uh, Piper couldn't either. I was just like, this guy's. I, I feel like Gavia was a bit like, well done, dude. What are you doing? Like, just back he off. did his best. He back, did his best. Back off a little bit, dude. You know, it's like, it's Hey, pretty... <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I might buy me a drink first. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <sighs> Anyway, hey Kyle, uh, you, you know if you want to get in me in me trousers, you know I like to be I like to be wined and dined. Uh, oh, God. I, I'm not that easy, mate. Yeah, I, I loved it too. I loved how Cal came in, hijacked the interview, and then oh, at the end of it, pretty much cuts the promo for Guri about the white hot this and that. And... Bizarre! It's so weird. I can't... It's just, it's just, the guy is a legend. Carl Rudman is a legend. Yeah, okay. in my notes, I was right, man, this is a pretty bland interview. And then I go, Cal's here. Business is picked up. I mean, it's just... <laughs> classic. <laughs> Any further thoughts, Kelly, or should we move on? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like a lost art. You know, you don't... This is... Uh, did they even really plan much of it beforehand? I don't think so. That, that's no, these are on the fly, even... yeah. Yeah, totally on the does, fly. Does Cal know that wrestling is work? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he does. I think he knows that it's pre-planned, but I think, I don't know. I really, by the way, watching him, I watched him, I've probably seen 40 or 50 Cal interviews and throughout my DVD watching career. And the guy, I think he thinks it's real. I've seen him react like it's real. Like, I always bring up the time Morocco, I mean, Morocco took his his uh, his crutch and used it in a match. And it's like Cal was about to cry when he hit Barry Windham, who was another Cal favorite, by the way. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I'm really not sure. I think he's smart to it. But he gets lost up in the, I think he's like David Crockett. Except, you know, creepier. I, I, I don't know, like, because these Prism guys, Dick and... I don't think they're in the loop, like. I don't think they'd ever, like... Had they ever met Vince or anything? Like, I don't know. Sure I don't know Vince, what yeah, Vince, Vince, you'll oh, see him. Vince, Vince does a, occasionally pops into Philly and does commentary. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. They know what's going on. They, they, know, they know, do they? Yeah, they know. They're just... They're just doing their own thing, because, yeah, they weren't being told what to do. Uh, and like, <laughs> you, know, you know what? Not a lot of people actually had Prism, believe it or not. It was it was a local. I, I feel like it was a local, so far off the radar. That, that it was a local. It was a local service that you had to have in the Philadelphia, into parts of New Jersey area. That was it. I mean, you couldn't get. I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't think you get Prism all over the country. No, no, you gotta. No, like, you, gotta you gotta. You gotta get into that mindset. You're 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 always. 
Because you're thinking through, like, 2014 cable, where everyone has these smart televisions and two billion channels. Back then, it wasn't like that. I mean, that's just... I, I, don't, I don't think I am, Pete. I haven't seen wrestling since 2001, buddy. Also, Tony Gurria is uh, one of those guys, because they always do this. Yeah, what do you think about so-and-so? Well, I can tell you, you know, he's going to be a world champion in the future. And you're like, no, he's not. Uh, uh, Tony, yes. Tony, here's once again why Tony Gurria is the greatest of men. And he said that Rick Bartel was going to be a world champion someday. That's right. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, I, I put that in my notes. I, I mentioned that. match then Pedro Morales taking on the hangman now Pedro Pedro as you should say <laughs> um, he is owed a bio isn't that right Kelly he, he's yes. never been given a bio he but a he is going to have to wait uh, <laughs> until another date for a bio mm. because today the bio is all about the hangman who uh, we yeah, world see... world champions don't deserve bios. The, uh, the bloody <laughs> not in the Titans universe, baby. Exactly. Um, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Think about it. Pedro will come up again. Oh yeah, exactly. come up again. of course. Pedro's here for another two, almost three years, I think. He will get yeah. a bio one day, I promise. But not yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Why don't you take it away, Kelly? Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure when the hangman pops up again. I know he does, but it, it's not for a while. Um, you know, I'm not as obscure as a lot of the wrestlers I've looked at, for sure. Um, and for most of these guys, it's hard to find info. Um, so I have to go to a site called WrestlingData.com uh, that I've mentioned before, a German site. Uh, you know, very well organized with their info. <laughs> and, of course, they're German. Efficiency. <laughs> and so they they list right at the beginning, you know, all the aliases these wrestlers have. You know, over the years, they, they wrestled all over the country, different places, different gimmicks, different names. And the Hangman had, of all the guys that I've come across, maybe the longest list of aliases and, and best aliases um, that I've, I've come across. So anyway, uh, here comes the AKAs. The Hangman, AKA Big John the Quebec Lumberjack, AKA Hangman Jim, AKA Jean-Louis, AKA Jean-Louis, AKA Jean-Pierre, AKA John-Louis, AKA J.P. Durrell, AKA Les Borough, AKA Super Destroyer Mark Number 3, and last but not least, a.k.a. the Towering Inferno. 
and moral now and later. Cool. <laughs> right. And his real name was Neil Gay. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I know. Come on, guys. That's not giggling like a schoolgirl, but anyway. We'll get that out of the way. Pat Patterson loved Neil Gay. Yes. G-U-A-Y. That's actually something that's actually something Pat Patterson used to order. Uh, <laughs> Neil Gay. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. I didn't get it. out of the park. Yes. Oh, so my. His real name was Neil Gay, and he wrestled. That was another name he wrestled as. Uh, his real name. Um, he was born in Matan, Quebec, July 21st, 1942. Um, he was working as a police officer in Quebec when he fell in with the wrestlers at a, at a gym that he went to. And, you know, I'm sure he looked the way he looks in this match, big, you know, burly. So they, they probably saw him as a, as a prospect. And they... they took him under their wing, and he was actually trained at one of the more notable Quebec wrestling factories. And um, if you guys know anything about the history of wrestling in Quebec and Montreal, you know, they, they've pumped out quite a few notable wrestlers over the years. And so he was trained at a place called Losses St. Jean Baptiste, um, and he debuted in 1971 as a, a jobber in Montreal. A lot of the, or most actually, of the uh, French-Canadian guys who debuted in Quebec were, were treated kind of poorly. They were often relegated to jobber duty, and you had to go, you had to leave Canada, leave Quebec to, to find success, like uh, Mad Dog Vachon uh, did and Pat Patterson did. Um, so he was a jobber in Montreal, and he actually began working in the Maritimes in Halifax because he, he was paid better there. And there's not much uh, to his career until 1974, where he starts turning up in the records. Uh, February uh, 12th, 1974, he wrestled at the Forum in Montreal, one of the, uh, or perhaps the most legendary arena in, in Canadian history, where the Montreal Canadiens played for years and years and won many Stanley Cups, um, a big uh, arena for wrestling at that time. Um, he eventually, in later 1974, moved on to uh, the Mid-America Territory, uh, which a lot of the guys that I've talked about uh, ended up in at that time. That was, of course, the Nick Goulas, Tennessee uh, promotion that was quite big at that time and would split off and splinter later with Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler. Um, and when he was in Tennessee, that's where he was Jean-Pierre, and he teamed up with Pierre Bonnet in a in an unusual team. Or I love how you know his last name was his partner's first name. Um, <laughs> and they were probably a like a lumberjack Quebec lumberjack team or something. That was like a popular heel uh, combo in the seventies. Was to have a, what, what year was that, Kelly? Nineteen seventy-four. I can swear I've seen some footage of those guys. Well, I'm coming up to some footage, footage that I think. Yeah, I'm coming up to some footage later that I'm, I think you probably uh, have seen, Johnny, uh, because um, Neil stayed in, or off and on in the 70s. He wrestled in Tennessee quite a bit. Um, in Calgary in 1975, 
um, this would become a, a territory where he wrestled quite a quite a bit in the 70s. This is where he debuted the Towering Inferno uh, gimmick, a masked wrestler. Um, uh, October 10th, 1975 was the first result I could find in Calgary. And um, here we go. Uh, on November 7th, 1975, he wrestled Titan's favorite, Champagne Jerry Morrow. At this time, I, I don't think he was, he was definitely not Champagne Jerry. The Champagne um, man. Yes, I, I'm surprised. I, I like when I started watching wrestling um, in 1986. Uh, Jerry Morrow was there in Calgary as a babyface. I had no idea that he went back that far in Calgary to the mid 70s and, and probably even earlier. And at that time, actually, there was two Morrows. There was the Morrow brothers. Um, uh, Jerry was teamed with his brother Eddie, um, Eddie Morrow, and they were a tag team. Eddie, Eddie was sparkling apple juice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the family friendly Morrow. You know, wine cooler Eddie Morrow. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, the Towering Inferno was involved in a lot of tag teams with a, a, a bevy of, of heels, but he actually entered into a feud in uh, 1976, early 1976, with uh, Stu Hart, of all people. Um, and this. <laughs> led to a, a mask, or, well, a match where uh, his mask was on the line, and, and Stu beat him for his mask, uh, February 6th, 1976. How old was Calgary. Stu then? He must have been... Oh, 60? <laughs> Thereabouts? Oh, no, maybe, okay, not that old. Uh, actually, I think, yeah, approximately he, 60. He must have been at least 60. <laughs> yes. Well, I've seen matches where Stu was still in tags in, like, 1983. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Christ. But anyway, so so he lost the match. His mask was too hard, but he kept wrestling in Calgary after that as J.P. Durrell without his mask. Um, he went back to Halifax, and then in 1976, he wound up in L.A., um, and actually that's where the Hangman gimmick uh, first debuted uh, for him. Uh, he wrestled in L.A. for about a year, 76 to 77, as the hangman was pushed to the top of the L.A. territory, uh, holding the America's title. Um, that was about the time the, the L.A. territory really began to go downhill, though. Um, and then he wound up in Texas, Amarillo, and then was back in Calgary in 1977, wrestling under his real name, Neil Gay. So in the space of basically less than two years, he wrestled in Calgary with three different names, uh, almost like a like a poor man's McFoley. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wow. <laughs> Very poor man. Um, I wonder if they explain these things. It's like you know, this isn't this is the same guy who was just here like a year ago, but he's got a different name. Anyway, wrestling fans are dumb. Um, April 1978. <laughs> Here's where Johnny probably has seen some of this footage. He ended up back in Memphis. This was now uh, Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett's uh, Memphis territory, 1978. And he was wrestling as John Louis at this time. Does that yeah, name mean anything? Yeah. yeah. Um, he lost yeah I remember him. He had, didn't he have a brother in the Memphis territory uh, with well, John Louis? He teamed with Joe LeDuc or Joss that's, LeDuc. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, a very famous uh, French-Canadian lumberjack uh, gimmick wrestler. 
uh, yeah, so they were a team in uh, Memphis. Uh, stayed there for most of 78. I looked at some of the names that were in Memphis at this time are, are kind of fascinating. Lou Fez was in Memphis in 1978. Uh, Bobo Briefly. Brazil. Briefly, yeah. Uh, Ray Stevens, Bobo Brazil, Mr. Wrestling. Uh, just names that you, know, you don't associate with Memphis at all. Average age, 65. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a little old. Uh, I think Lou wrestled quite a bit in Memphis because he was kind of uh, an outlaw. I've read his book, uh, uh, Hooker, um, where he goes into, by this time, he was sort of, uh, yeah, like an outlaw wrestler, uh, wrestling in Memphis and and uh, some other obscure places. Did, did Bobo Brazil ever wrestle Stu Hart in 1970? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great match, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Bobo in, in 78, I mean, he still was wrestling when, in, in the early 90s, so he was still spry. I wrestled, I wrestled anybody who would come my way. I, Boba Brazil used to live underneath my front porch with the bear. Yes. A, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, and so anyway, uh, Neil ended up in, in 1979 in Vancouver, um, another uh, territory um, by that time that had seen better days. Um, he wrestled as Jean-Louis there. Um, he won the Pacific Coast title, which was the top title in Vancouver, beating Sal Martino, uh, who is um, someone we'll, we'll definitely encounter eventually in the future as uh, Salvatore Bolomo, uh, a pretty famous uh, uh, jobber, jobber to the stars in, in the WWF uh, as the 80s progress. Um, and then in uh, late 79, he ended up in the AWA as Super Destroyer uh, Mark Number 3, in a team with uh, Super Destroyer Mark Number 2, who was... Oh. Slaughter. Slaughter, yeah. The guy we talked about just on the previous episode. Um, I've seen a bit of, of Slaughter in, in, in that, uh, around that time, but I haven't seen a lot. I, I know I haven't seen any of who them. Who was the first team. Super Destroyer? Really? It was... Yeah, no, it was actually the spoiler. You know that? Spoiler, uh, right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh... uh what is his name? Don Jardine? Don Jardine, the spoiler yeah. Don Jardine, yep. yeah. 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 He was, he he was a big time heel, actually, in the 70s. The yeah, big time. Huge. Um, off, Huge in the Carolinas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, big time. Uh, they often say The Undertaker took the uh, old school uh, walking on the rope spot uh, from the spoiler. Um, yep. Yeah, and, and a guy that I, I don't think much footage exists outside of, you know, his last few years um but the super destroyers i mean i looked at this because i was looking at at super destroyer three i mean slaughter started as super destroyer number two in 1977 in the awa and was still going into 1980 as the super destroyer number two i didn't know he had he worked that gimmick uh, for that long um anyway they split up and entered into a feud with each other and uh, there were some unusual matches there was um, uh, number two and Bobby Heenan versus number three and Lord Alfred Hayes at one point. I'm not sure who was the heel and who was the baby face. I got, I'm in, assuming in that this was AWA. This was after the Super Destroyer split up. Um, was this in uh, 80, right. 80, 1980. Because uh, those yeah. two have a match, don't they, Heenan and yeah. Uh, yeah. Alfred Hayes? So. Yes. Yeah, I've seen 
It must have been part of that angle. They're yeah, both heels. I thought they're both heels. That was the deal. Uh, so that's they were. They were. Yeah. Yeah, a heel versus heel. They were, but but uh, Lord Alfred Hayes uh, became the de facto babyface because Vegas. of how much he was despised. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I couldn't picture Heenan ever in the AWA for sure being a babyface. Um, oh, no. Actually, so in Winnipeg, uh, March twentieth, nineteen eighty, uh, number three. So uh, Neil Gay defeated number two, Sergeant Slaughter in a mask versus mask match. Um, I've so seen he, all this. Yeah, so he he actually prevailed in the feud, I guess. But his last match in the AWA was losing to. I don't think um, the mask versus match match um, was anything they ran outside of Winnipeg because then they have le- later results where. Um, He's still wrestling as number uh, Super Destroyer number two, so or maybe he just wrestled. Yeah, with the he name. did with his mask. He did with, with his mask off. With the mask off. Okay. No, when, when, when he when he when he first no when he first lost he uh they did this big like here's what he really looks like and it was like okay you know because no one knows who the fuck he is yeah I've seen and, that. Uh, and then he turns baby face and puts the mask back on just to piss off Heenan. So. Oh, I see. So that, his run in the AWA ended, you know, a couple of weeks um, before he ended up in New York. Uh, June 17th, 1980, he debuted in Allentown, as uh, pretty much everybody who comes into the WWF does. Um, defeated Angelo Gomez and Frank Williams that day uh, for two TV tapings. And he was managed by Freddie Blassie uh, during this run, which is something we wouldn't have known from watching this footage because... Blassie and the managers, of course, didn't come to Philadelphia, and I don't know if we've ever mentioned. But anyway, yeah, there's your bio on the Hangman. Um, it, it, all over the place type of career. Yeah. Up to 19. A true journeyman, we could say. Yes, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Well, so- I must say, I was I was trying trying to find uh, here a uh, a quote from the movie The Towering Inferno. To, uh, <laughs> to 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 make a joke out of and think that everyone would recognize, and then I realized by reading them all, uh, nobody knows any quotes from the. the t- I'm reading those. I'm like, I'm feeling it. So it, it would be funny. So no. although I mean, it's a, it's a great movie. I, I love the Towering Inferno. Like I say, I can be Steve McQueen. Bookers, Bookers. Yeah, it's all our fault. <laughs> now you know. There's no sure way for us to fight. You know, a fire in the crowd, anything past the seventh row. But you guys keep building these crowds as high as you can. Hey, are you going to take on me or the bookers? See, it, it stinks. It's no good. Do you think Steve McQueen's better that, that director's stolen his name? How can there be oh, a nether? Dead. No. How can there be a nether Steve McQueen? But it's like, it bothers me. It bothers me as the fact that Steve McQueen is one of my favorite actors and that yeah. someone would go, Oh, that's my name. I'm sure it's his, it's his, it's his God-given name. I know. He has every right to be Steve McQueen. But if you're going to go into the movie business, fucking change your name. It's confusing as hell, though. Yeah. How, the hell, how the hell is Steve McQueen directing? He's actually a good director as well, but it's like, get a different, yeah, he's a different name. Um, you know, if my if my parents if my parents were the Bogarts and they named me Humphrey and I became an actor, I'd change my fucking name. Right. Well, like, you, like, don't become a wrestler and call yourself Randy Savage. Like, have a different name, you know? It's the same thing. Well, no, you're God you get sued by the WWE for no. gimmick infringement, but, you know. 
I mean, uh, his parents named him Steve McQueen. It's not like he. he it's he not his fault. Him. It's not his fault. Okay. Um, no, I would, but yeah, I agree. No, I agree. It, it drives me crazy. It's confusing. <laughs> it's confusing. It's like, it's oh, there's a new director, Marlon Brando. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah, make yeah, any well, sense. Yeah. He All right. Um, I will say one thing. Uh, Towering Inferno would be a great name for a finish. You know, that sounds like brutal. There you go. Yeah. It should be Kane, it should be Kane's finisher. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Give, give us a penny for that one, Vince. Does he still do that thing <laughs> like where he... In 1998. But no, no, he comes out of the ring like with it with in, in dress pants and dress shoes yeah. with a with a guinea pig underneath, you know, because he took off his shirt and his tie. I've got it, a, it's it's actually really great. I've got a great idea for Kane's career. Retire. Okay. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, um Pedro That's the worst that... you know what? Oh yeah, the guy the guy who's over despite the internet. Uh and every worker you ever talk to goes, who's your favorite guy to work with? Oh, Kane, because he's so yeah, safe yeah. And, and so easy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? It sucks. All right. Pedro Morales taking on the hangman. Um, wow. Frankie Talent yeah. with the introductions. Um, yeah, he's like, how is, the, how is that guy at a 15-year career? I don't understand it. Um, so it, uh, who's Frankie Talent? Good. He's, he, why, oh. why does Frankie Talent come out and re- replace Capetta for this? One, I haven't worked out who this is. This I believe someone, uh, someone on uh, at PWO gave a, uh, a huge Frankie Talent uh, yes. who, bio. Can uh, somebody uh, refresh my memory? What was the deal with Talent? Was he like Carl Redman's know. mate or something? Can you somebody find that info for us? Oh, um, local dude. So uh, the Hangman comes out wearing a cape, um, and he's announced <laughs> from Europe. Which uh, is the, one of the most indistinct. It's like all the way from Asia. Is it like from you? Where in Europe is he they from? Used, they, they used to say that too. Um, yeah. So from Europe he comes, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous because um, he. I mean, well, well to you. Well, <laughs> ridiculous to you as well, Johnny. If you, uh, you know. Well, not really, cause, Johnny. Cause, you know, you know. Come on. All the way from Earth. You're the you're the, the average. You're the, the average. The, you know, he's from Europe. You know, come on. That's, well, come on. Like, what what about shit. your hip, your your hip New York crowd, your hip Philadelphia educated crowd here? From I Europe. never said Philadelphia. You know what? <laughs> your average Philadelphia crowd doesn't give a shit where in Europe you're from because it's all just Europe to them. Yeah, you say you're you know, from England, Europe, England, you England, England, England gets a England gets a pass on that because it's England. They're like, oh, okay, he's an English wrestler. Uh, anyone else? Fuck him. They're <laughs> from Europe. <laughs> this is Ray. This is the, this is this is about to be the beginning of Reagan's America. And you know what you all are useless, except for uh, England because of Margaret Thatcher and Reagan having an affair. Very, very, un- very ungrateful, it's... very ungrateful to the French who gifted you the uh, 
statue. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay, you gave us a statue that we had to fix. We uh, saved you from the Germans <laughs> twice. Go fuck yourself. Now, now, hold on. Much, much as I am loath to defend the French in any way, do you really think you could have won the War of Independence without their intervention? I don't. No, think... not at all. Not I don't think all. so. So you do have them to be grateful. Not at all. Yes, yes. And, and, country and, itself, and, and, right? and have been and have been grateful over. The, you know what? Saving you from two two world wars, I think, pays up. You know, I think it evens out. It evens out. The war, the war. Wait, wait. The revolutionary, the revolutionary war, and a statue that rusted. Uh, versus <laughs> two green, world wars. Green statue. Lucky us. No, I, hold hold on. <laughs> the war that gave you your country you've got to be grateful for that come on i mean yes we were we loved the french that was that was the the, the whole battling cry is that we're we're on our way during world war one and we're on our way over there over there right you know? so, so the, uh, the thanks they get is from europe <laughs> it's like it's a bit harsh you know like I could, if if the hangman was by, like, by nineteen eighty, by nineteen eighty, you know, worn out, man. <laughs> it was yeah, like they, they would announce a Goulet. This is the fucking hangman. This yeah. is the fucking hangman. But <laughs> I said he was from France. I was like, a hangman? Shouldn't he be the guillotine man? The hangman. <laughs> As we hear from Kelly's bio, he was born in Montreal or something, wasn't he? Where was he born, Kelly? Yes. <laughs> well, not Montreal, but he's from Quebec. Yeah. He's from Quebec, right? So. <laughs> Canada, you same thing. Who cares, right? <laughs> but you hear hangman, and I mean, you're thinking someone, you know, from Texas with a noose and, and a mask, and, <laughs> yeah. and said, you know, you, this guy he's from France. He's got, he's a guillotine man. You know, that should, you know, that make that work. You know, next revolutionary, Slazenger and Shanghai Pierce. Do you remember those two guys? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were the Godwins, man. They were the Godwins. That's right. The, the Executioner. I love those the WCW. Oh, God, guys. <laughs> they were all like, like the Executioner was a hangman as well, wasn't he? And didn't uh, there were so many? There were so many executioners. Uh, like I said, when I when I tell stories about the the former WWF jobber in my little town by the beach who opened up a wrestling school in uh, right. 1998, he was an executioner. And uh, <laughs> but a job guy, and uh, and he but but he promoted himself as one of the guys who was a uh, half of the tag team champions who were uh, <laughs> Big John Stud and Big John Stud and Killer Kowalski, <laughs> and he was like uh, yeah no, the executioner <laughs> everyone and every and no one knew it except in town except me because I'm the door <laughs> and I what was so, oh, that guy. what was Evad Sullivan's gimmick for a while there what was he like? dyslexic. The, no, no, like yeah, the, 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 was he like the equalizer? What was he like? Oh, yeah. oh the equalizer! The equalizer! The e- yeah. Didn't he have like a bit of a kind of hangman gimmick there for a while as well? Is the equalizer? Oh yeah, like the Brody, Bruiser Brody, like furry boots. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so um, it, there's another one as well. The Night Stalker. He uh, he had the, like the big axe. It is wooden. It is wooden axe. That was the best. <laughs> Terrible. <Yeah. laughs> Anyway, um, uh, there's a match taking place here, Pete. Yeah, I mean, the first one rolled up. I didn't know it was the Hangman. I saw the cape. I go, "Fucking the Baron!" Thanks a lot, <laughs> Kelly. You bastard. That's what I thought. Yeah, and then it was the Hangman. I'm like looking. I'm like, 
That is the worst hangman ever. No mask, nothing, <laughs> no, all in black with gloves. I mean, you should, you, I was expecting like Demolition Smash or something. He looked like a Doctor Who villain. The hangman yeah. looked like like from old like seventies Doctor Who. That's what he looked. Yeah, he looked like. like a bad, bad Shakespearean play actor. Yeah, uh, that's exactly he, what you looked like. Uh, there, it was horrible. Um, so I was like, but then I realized it was the hangman, Spe- and then I was even more just disgusted. Speaking of costume, before you get into this match, Pete. Okay. Pedro's tights here to me look like a yellow <laughs> nappy. Like, I, I, you guys say diaper, right? It looked like a diaper. What the hell was going on? Like horrible, horrible yellow tights. I hated those. Those tights. are his tights. He's worn those, those forever. Yeah. He will wear them forever. Oh, they look. Yeah. And, but I, and so it looked like he. They're, they're, they're orange and red. They're orange and red. <laughs> they were yeah. like, uh, which lump- apparently. Wait, 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 wait. Apparently, to Dick, those are the colors of Puerto Rico. He said he's wearing the colors of Puerto Rico. Well, the, the actual colors of Puerto Rico are red, white, and blue. If you look at a Puerto Rican flag, they are not dingy orange and dirty red because you've never changed your trunks since 1972. <laughs> those, those, those tights are disgusting. It's like he's literally soiled them. It's, it's, what the hell's the deal with it? Why are they, so, they don't change. Why are they so lumpy and stuff? I don't get it. Anyway, carry on. That's not because that, that's his ass. Um, oh, the, oh, the 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 other little note, the, the two other little notes. He doesn't have a twelve-year-old ass for you. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I, I'm not into ah! I'm not into Morales's uh, backside here. Um, two other little notes, uh, Pete, before I let you uh, go. First of all, Dick Graham during this match keeps on going on about the cable mic. Who cares, Dick? We don't need to know that stuff. It's like, I'm not in TV, but even I know. We don't need to know that you're switching to the cable mic. No one cares. Because um, ca- how many times is he going to bring up the fact that he's moving to the cable mic? Well, uh, I, I will defend it, Graham, and say ninety percent of the stuff out of his mouth we don't care about because it makes. Well, I, I, I thought he. I thought he was. He thought he was muted. He wasn't. About- he wasn't though, was he? <laughs> No. I think Dick and Cal smoked a joint during the intermission, to be honest with you. It's like, what the hell was... Um, so th- there was that. And then, like, um, so uh, there was an old guy in the crowd who was very dapper. Did you notice this guy? He was, like, wearing, like, shades and, like... He looked like he might hang out with Nick Bockwinkle, like, doing the <laughs> era where Nick Bockwinkle was, like, the commissioner. Do you remember that time? Where, like, he looked like he'd be mates with Bockwinkle. Did anyone else spot that guy in the front row? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Great, great old guy in the crowd. Um, and uh, the, the other thing, at one point, Dick and Cal just started talking about like the cameraman, like the director yeah. and his family and his stuff. Son. It's like, come, come on, guys! Like we don't just like. Well, what else was there to talk about? Yeah, that was a dull match. Yeah, I mean, but at least, at least they're not dressed long... like nineteen seventies <laughs> swingers like they were a couple of shows back. I mean, at least they wore blazers and they were professional looking. Uh, I just, I just. You know, that actually, you know, that actually reminded me of because I wrote it down. That's that's like old school baseball announcers here in, in the states when there's a lot of time to fill and they just start just yammering yeah. about stuff. Yeah. And it's almost, it's Ain't almost like... calming. It's almost calming, and you like that watching a baseball game. Now watching a wrestling match, you might really. <laughs> Nods, but nothing was going on in the ring. And then, as soon as something finally happened after a couple of minutes, they go, "Okay, back to the match." But it's, it's, <laughs> like they, it's like they forgot that they're on air. It's like, 
yeah, let's just talk about this guy and his family and like there was nothing going <laughs> on on the screen to talk about. Well, yeah, they can filibuster. Let's talk about they were Guerrero. Talk about Guerrero or an angle or something. Like, come on, I mean, no, they were talking about the camera guy. You know, and his good looking kid. He's a good looking kid. When he gets of age, when he gets of age, uh, he's got to get the Rudd man uh, right off the pooper. You know, it's, it's, it's good looking. Hey, uh, he's noisy eating soup. Anyway, Pete, I'll let you go finally. Sorry. I had to get all the nonsense out of the way first. Yeah, the nonsense was much better than the match. Um, <laughs> pretty much this is a basic match, is as basic as it gets. Um, Pedro works the leg a bit. The hangman works the arm, and none of the work is engaging or exciting. It's just like arm bar, tug the arm, okay, arm bar, tug the arm, arm bar, tug the arm. Real, just boring as fuck. Uh, I will say one thing, and then they ruined it. I love that kick the hangman did to Morales' face when he comes off the ropes. <laughs> that looked brutal. Then he follows it up with seven more that looked worse each and every time afterwards. Yeah, and then it looks like he gets cool. winded doing it. Um, <laughs> if the kick to the face was a finish, I could have bought that. That looked, thing looked sick. And then it just got uh, uh, horrible enough. And then Pedro with his comeback, which was uh, one big wind-up punch, and then, like, another punch, maybe, and then he rolled them up for the victory. Hallelujah. <laughs> what, uh, I mean, it was <laughs> fucking boring. I don't know what the timer said, 11 or 7 minutes. It felt like 20. 11. It was like 11. Uh, it was terrible. 11. It was 11. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, oh, it was like... Uh, Beginning, I mean, I think I could go out and work Johnny with a bit more interesting match than what we got there, because I think Phoenix could work an arm and a leg better than what we saw there. Do, do you think Vince... Well, only if, I'm allowed, only if I'm allowed to kick you in the face. Yeah, uh, exactly, right? Okay. Do, do you think Vince Senior just loved like bad workers? Like he seems to have a, a thing for them. Like he loves stacking his card with these guys. No, like, no, no. You know, you know what he loved. And what Vince Jr. loved is guys who are fucking giant, tall, and fucking huge. Because the hangman is a huge dude. Yeah. He's fucking gigantic. That's it, right there. He was a big guy, to be fair. I I did like uh, the close-up of his face that we got sometimes. We got to see his face up close. And then, like, Dick was like, really good close-up. Oh, we've lost her. <laughs> and, we, and we worked a real good, and I, I, the match was so slow. Even Cal goes, "Man, he's really uh, working that arm." Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come here, little kid. I want to stick my thumb up your ass. <laughs> uh, Johnny. Well, I'm pretty much interjected with all my notes on this fucking match. Uh, I, I like that uh, the Hangman's match looked like uh, a match. That is a uh, cape. It looked like he was wearing a hefty bag. It is, <laughs> it's the worst fucking game I've ever seen. Um, All right. And and and, and 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 some and some hipster dialogue from uh, from Graham, where he goes, he goes, <laughs> man, he goes, he's staring at Morales like he just doesn't dig him. I was like, what, what are you, me? What are you fucking me with all the, the dated hippie talk? It's just like, it's like, hey man. It'd all be cool if they all just dug each other, man. That'd be great. But nah, you don't dig them. 
you know, Diggle, so he's got to kick him in the head six times. I mean, that was the best. Just Pedro. And he kept looking at him, going, Ugh! And, the, and Dick and Cal go, he did it again! He did it again. <laughs> what he's going to piss him off eventually. Eventually, all these kicks to the fucking face are going to backfire on you, sir. Because if you kick a human being in the face... <laughs> And five times you win. Six times you you're fucked. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Ugh. Um, here's a question before I turn to Kelly. Um, what do you think Dick Graham was like as a man at home? I can't imagine him like in everyday life. Like I'd imagine. Like what do you think he talked to his wife about? Like I don't. I can't even imagine the guy as an everyday human being. He's such a strange man. I, I, they're both of these guys, really, but Dick Graham in particular strikes me as someone who doesn't really exist. <laughs> like, what, do, what do you think he was like? Could you imagine? What normal. He like? He's probably normal. He's a normal human being trying to fucking like do this one part-time, once-a-month job uh, <laughs> yeah. with, in fucking wrestling. And he was like, he's probably, probably, like, probably like Shakespeare and uh, <laughs> yeah. um, fine wine. Yeah, five wine. Music. He yeah. had a big collection of Ted DiBiase like candidates around the house. Exactly. <laughs> um, now, now, Kelly, like, like, likes fat chicks. <laughs> I, well, I don't. Uh, what yeah. did I say? You? I'm talking about Dick. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No, no, don't interject on Dick and stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, Kelly. Now every week you you give us a long bio of one of these <laughs> tremendous jobbers, and then Pete yeah. goes and shits all over the match they're involved with. Uh, how do you feel yeah. about that? I, I don't feel bad, but that's that's the truth. I mean, they have you know fascinating careers when you look into it, but I mean, who knows? Uh, this one match, I, I'm not expecting that the Hangman has any hidden gems out there or anything. Um, he could. I got a, I got a, I got a question. <laughs> he for didn't you, stink. Kelly. I mean, he really didn't stink. You know, You're the, the match. Yeah, I know well, he didn't stink. No, I mean, I mean, it was just, you know, he was just put over as a jobber. I mean, he didn't stink. It was just a bad match, you know. Yeah, I mean, how much is that on Pedro? I don't know because yeah, Pedro was great last time around against yeah. uh, Patera. Pedro's um, always been hit or miss for just, me. Yeah, well, he is a hit or miss. What do you He's think? Motivated. He has good matches when he's not, you know. What do, what do you There's think? There's no reason to have a good match with a guy who's a jobber, you know. I mean, what, what did you think? Well, about but the Hangman was actually he had Blassie as a manager. He was he was more than a jobber. He was I'm sorry. pushed to, to a certain level. I mean, just I'm to be the accurate jobber to the start. <laughs> what were you gonna ask? Oh yeah, this is a question that I researched. Uh, do you think the Hangman borrowed, or or was that a hand me down from the Baron in the cape? Or do you, you actually bought that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they they split the money on renting the the cape from some uh, place in in Manhattan. Uh, it was, it was cheaper that way <laughs> in the garment district. Um, uh, I, I I got a question. What did uh, everyone think of the Pedro hitting the hangman so hard that you hurt his own hand? I I didn't believe it until they brought it up and 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 Pedro. Oh, right. Yeah, the said. So, I, I thought that was a pretty good, if incomprehensible, promo. I thought it was good because he showed good fire and energy. 
No, yeah, Pedro's like, oh, let's, let's bring the let's call him over who doesn't speak really good English and uh, when he I mean Pedro's a good promo when he's like I don't know if got good but he's a promo when he's at least halfway prepared but man throwing him out there on the fly expecting him to speak English so bad for the guy almost those class clowns yeah okay and Cal uh, couldn't get close enough to kiss his face um, so or kiss his boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was looking a bit older here to me. Uh, it, uh, for some reason, uh, Pedro, he didn't look as in good shape as last time we saw him. Last match then, um, it's the Samoans taking on Johnny Zero, Tony Gurria, uh, and Rick Martel. Uh, Gurria and Martel then teaming up um, to take on the world champions, the WF tag team champions. Um, uh, and this is a spot we've seen the Samoans in a lot, isn't it? The last match on the night. Um, kind of in like the graveyard slot. Uh, Pete? Yep. What do you think of this one? Okay, uh, I really dig Martel and Gurria as a team. I, I know they can have really good matches. Uh, I bet you if they had worked the Valiants, I hope, because I, I miss them after watching these freaking Samoans. Uh, <laughs> I know they could have a good match with them. I know they, in the future they have good matches with the Moondogs and, uh, and Fuji and Saito. Uh, but the Samoans, I mean, they worked their gimmick well, so and they drew, they drew money, so I understand why they're in their position. God, they're just so bland and terrible inside the ring that they just suck all the energy out of a match for me. When are they going to go I, away, Pete? I hope it pretty soon, since uh, since this finish of this match. They, st- uh, they stick cool around to. all the way to 84, though, don't they? Off and on. No, 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 no. They go oh, away. They're in other the territories. Back. I know they're in Mid-South and Yep, Mid-South. Oh, thank yeah. God for that. Thank God. So <laughs> hopefully they'll be leaving soon. Uh, we start off and uh, it's like Appa is having a bad hair day because it's like, <laughs> like Sika's hair is all wild and crazy and Appa looks like he didn't put conditioner in it or something because it, it looks flat <laughs> and stuff. So like, it looks like he has a flat tire. Uh, I thought we had some good faith Maybe face started with the quick tags working the arm, which has been a, a you know, is what's been happening in every single match working the arm. Uh, <laughs> Alpha, Alpha slams Martel, Sika in the in the 
Seeker in the, in the faces back in the, oh, okay. Yeah. Seeker's in and the faces are back in control. And I think the baby faces are really looking great in their shine sequences here. Uh, Alpha tosses Korea over the top and Seeker just beats on him on the floor. Alpha utilizes the nerve hold, which just sucks, again, sucks everything out of a match and fuck nerve holds. Um, Sika, <laughs> and then, uh, Sika's in, and he does the same damn stuff. Um, the rep misses the tag, so we build up some heat there, and I'm, I'm like, I hate the fucking Samoans. Um, I mean, we get a nice little crossbody by, uh, Gurria for a nice hope spot. The Samoans use the tag rope to choke Gurria down. Hot tag Martel, and he's amazing. He's on fire. Double monkey flip from, uh, Martel and Gurria, double drop kick, double pin by Martel, but Martel and Sika were the legal men. Martel and Gurria are your new WWF tag team champions. A pretty, uh, pretty bland match. I, I mean, it wasn't horrible because I thought Martel and Gurria were really good in it. It's just the Samoans were just, just like a pile of shit. And I hope, hope they're gone. Um, Pete, Pete, what did you make of that? I thought that was a really screwy finish for a babyface team to win the belts because it's kind of like it was. I think they're, I think they're going for another rematch, but I might yes. be wrong. Well, I mean, you're, you're correct. You're correct. Okay. The, I mean, the Philly, the Philly fans clearly. I mean, even though the babyfaces won, they were throwing rubbish into the ring, um, which was like, was that? I mean, Johnny, you understand the Philly crowd better than anyone here. What? What? Why were they throwing rubbish into the ring? Because they weren't buying uh, that finish, or no, 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 uh, no, no. It was directed at the Samoans. Oh, they yeah. were, you know, you lost, ha ha ha. You know, it was, it was like they were making fun of the Samoans for losing. I think That's, there might there might there might have been a small contingent of heel fans who were like mad that the Samoans lost, uh, but I really doubt the. Uh, and maybe there's a small contingent of people who were like uh, it was it was a hokey finish. Uh, it, it just seemed it just but, uh, it just seemed unusual. For them to be throwing rubbish into the ring when the small Philly? Really? Like, well, like, well, I mean, well, right, but we haven't, like, okay, but we haven't. But it wasn't directed at Martel and Gurria. No, it wasn't directed at them, but they they did seem to be throwing rubbish at the ring, and we don't. We've they, seen, we've dude, seen in lots. Philadelphia, right? But in Philadelphia, that wait, could have wait, been celebration. Wait, now we've yeah. seen, we've seen last lo- match of the night. Too. We've seen lots of Philly cards now. And they haven't thrown rubbish into the ring that often. <laughs> I know, yeah, I'm just saying. Matches, that... See matches from Philly cards. In Philadelphia, that could have been people like celebrating that the Samoans lost by just fucking yeah. throwing shit. It, didn't, it, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, we're shitting on this. They weren't shitting yeah. on the finish because uh, they, they were happy that uh, the, the good guys yeah. won the belts. Yeah, and yeah. you see a title change. That's you know, pretty impressive. You didn't hear any boos. You didn't hear any boos when they when they announced that uh, Gurria and Martel won. No, it was just them being fun. Philly fans. You know, like, ah, fuck uh, you. Okay, I, I was I was just wondering what the, what was because uh, I didn't really know what was happening there. But uh, Pete, what do you? I mean, besides that, besides the the rubbish, what do you actually think of the of the of the finish? Because uh, I I'm not a fan of this finish myself. But... I, I thought the finish was perfectly <laughs> acceptable if you want to build a rematch. Uh, and stuff. I mean, sure, your baby face, but I mean, bottom line is your baby face is one and, and stuff. That it was the right call. It wasn't like the wrong call. Now, the wrong call would have been a bad finish. Uh, yeah. If you would have put the baby faces yeah. over when it was 
they say they did the opposite where Gurria pinned uh, whoever, yeah. and then Martel was pinned, even though Martel yeah. was the legal man. I thought it was yeah. a good finish to build. Rematches. But like Dick uh, Dick Worley there was um, like he. As he was counting, he was looking over at the other guy, looking over at the other guy. It was like, what's he looking over there for then? I mean, it's like, I don't know. Because I, Dick Worley sucks, and uh, that's just it. It's an acting uh, it's thing. Just a bad. Because he's trying to make not, sure. Because he was trying to make sure that it was all timed well. Because this is this is a finish that someone someone backstage went. This has to go exactly yeah. perfect. And then yeah. we need Dick Worley to think, walk think, around with the belts. I think Worley and, botched and, it. And wait, and wait. No, he didn't botch it. He, he no. just... <laughs> he, he's trying to get the timing down so it looked like it was like uh, where the, the audience is in suspense. Yeah. Like, who won? Because yeah. they, they yeah. might have like got confused on who was legal or not. Yeah, they were doing they that. Three. Because, because... It, was, it was definitely a double pin. But the right man won because Martel was the legal man but, along with uh, yeah, Zeke. But nine times, nine, see, see, nine times out of ten in wrestling, when that happens, the heels win. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. So, so this was like, and then when he goes, when, when Capetti goes, uh, and and the place fucking yeah. explodes. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, it was great. It was it's kind of like, yeah. like a, like a sw- like almost like a swerve finish in a way. Because, uh, like, mm. almost because you don't expect the babyfaces to win in that situation. No, yeah, it was like a reverse. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you do train your audience to believe in that yeah. whenever that happens. And, yeah, it's now, now if this also... been, uh, Crockett, if this had been Crockett, um, yeah, the Samoans would have won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Dusty finished it. Yeah. Over now, and I don't know over if you guys have ever, like, I don't know if you guys have, do you guys, any of you guys have the Midnight Express, the lost matches that Cornette put out? No, no. No, what was really cool is he actually had an insert and he wrote did wrote stuff about the matches and he actually broke down the finishes for us about why this finish worked and why this didn't work and it was really fascinating stuff. I uh somehow maybe I can take a picture of it and then upload does, it for Does he talk out. about this finish, the double pin finish at all? Sorta. He works about one where the ref does the he's crawling over and it's he's really counting three if it's done right and, and stuff like that and and he, uh, he might have talked about a double finish, I'm not sure. But he talks about how one rep did it right and the other rep was, wasn't experienced enough to pull it off. And so this might have been a case of just Dick mm-hmm. really just not having... I want to say he well, obviously had a lot of experience. I, 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 don't know, I, I didn't notice anything wrong. I thought he tried to get them where they're both pinned. It's, and that was the yeah. point of the finish. It's, it's just that he was looking over at the, at, the, at the kind of wrong pin quite a lot to make it like... I don't know what, like... It, if... I don't know why well, he, he, was... make, he had to look over there, Carl, because he had to make sure that they right. Were... So he's looking over there to tell the audience, "Hmm, I'm looking at that one. It could be that one. Which yeah, one is yeah, it going to yeah. be?" Type thing. Yeah, okay. No, go. he knew which one it was going to be because he knew who the legal men were. Yeah, so why, so, 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 so if he if he knew if he knew who the legal men were, why is he looking over there then? Would, would be the because question. He, okay, because he's <laughs> he had to make sure. The whole <laughs> point was that it was a double pin. So he had to make sure that other people were pinned too. So when he counts, the audience doesn't know who he's counting for. Right. So he's looking yeah. over to tell the audience. No, to... not to tell the audience. To tell himself, oh, they're pinned. Now I can start counting to three. Oh, he right. has to have the visualization as both of them have to have their shoulders down. So that's when he's got to count three. Oh, so that now, means, if, so, so if that... only Martel hasn't pinned and the other guy isn't pinned yet. Then there's not a double pin so, controversy. So, so basically, he's just like making sure that he's in the right spot. 
Exactly. That's pretty shitty then. Well, yeah. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's great refereeing, and and I'm defending fucking Dick Worley. Is that let's say, (laughs) let's say that during (laughs) this count, uh, the the two uh, guys who, uh, oh guy, I give up. Well, how could you how could you count a double pin if you don't look at the people being pinned? Well, because he's no, I understand what Pete's saying. If he was just looking at Martel's pin, there would be no drama in it being a double pin what I'm saying is though, the way to justify it through kayfabe is that he has to look over there to tell the audience to, to create the doubt in the audience's mind. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. That is so. But you know what though? Yeah, the live crowd doesn't see that. That's that, that's such a subtle thing. I know. You know, even to the T V crowd. But to the TV. Subtle New thing. tag champs. New tag champs. Yeah, I didn't think Dick was staring over at him like it's some abnormal time and stuff. <laughs> okay, well look at it this way. Look at it this way, Parv. Maybe he was looking over to see if one of them were gonna jump up and break up hey, this. Don't bite my head off. I you know, I don't Fucking care about the finish? I'm just saying. Or, or maybe, I'm not maybe, maybe finish. Huh? Or maybe, I'm not maybe, head maybe off. Was, I'm giving maybe, you a logical explanation. Or here's another one. Maybe he was looking for Super Eight, and so he could smile when he was videotaping. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. Super Eight wasn't filming this match. Uh, oh, okay. There goes my hashtag. Himself. Maybe he was looking over at Cal. Maybe he was looking over at Cal and giving them the wink. That was the sign that they were going to meet at the Holiday Inn across from the Spectrum a little bit later. Because Dick Worley, uh, while I hate him, is a very muscular older man. And uh, maybe Cal wanted, you know, maybe they do, maybe he has two old men who need to hide their, you know, their their, their realities of their lives. They have to give each other a little wink. You know? One week and is then, uh, at the Holiday Inn, two weeks is I'll bring the leftover hot dogs. There you go. Uh, now, uh, Cap- Captain Lou, of course, visibly absent from ringside because he didn't bother going to Philly. Um, Recruiting his Samoans because they announced Captain Lou's, I'm not Samoans, Moondogs. They announced yeah. that next month, Captain Lou's Moondogs. So maybe the Samoans have a, a gripe. Yeah, well, I mean, he would have been beside himself here, wouldn't he? He would have uh, put up more of a fight than the Samoans did uh, at this. Uh, at <laughs> I was drunk! <laughs> <laughs> uh, any additional notes, uh, Johnny, on this match? Bonzo Gonzo. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that to the my dying day now. It's gonna go Bonzo Gonzo now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know who was Bonzo Gonzo? Uh, Cal and Dick on acid at this point. <laughs> it was like Hunter S. Thompson, fear and loathing at the spectrum. Uh, did, um, did, did, did you notice at one point yeah, that, uh, did you notice at one point that they, they were like actively kind of like Afa Seeker, we don't know which one's which. They, they, they I said don't they know said, which one's which. I don't care. Uh, was, he's <laughs> handsome. He's handsome. The girls love him. And, and then he was, they were so drunk they couldn't even get in the hall. No, he's married. He's married. No, he's handsome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, he's, uh, they're incredible again. The ladies go nuts. Bonzo Gonzo. <laughs> uh, I loved all the quick tags at the beginning. Yeah. You know, when, when, uh, you ask me what's the old thing that I'm a sucker for, uh, it's, it's tag teams doing the quick tags, you know, in, uh, you know, uh, in, in the modern thing is the shield to do that. And yeah. it hasn't been done in so long 
that when the shield do it, it's like people are like, oh, they're the greatest thing ever. And they are very, very good. They are very, very good. Yeah. But nobody has done it in so long. The the the, the, the constant uh, quick tags in and out as a team uh, doing stuff that it makes it almost seem you know fresh and new again. And mm. so to see this then, I was like, oh god, I, I'm uh, I'm a mark for that. Uh, be it a heel or tag team or a uh, big tag team. And it always it, give the, it always give the commentators uh, scope then to say. Look how well oiled this team is, you know. We'd always yep. let the yeah, commentators yeah. riff on what a great, and believe great, great team specialists. Yeah, yeah. 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 Believe you me, uh, it, there was nothing more than Cal wanted than to well oil uh, Tony Guerrero Martel at some. He'd let those two double team him, wouldn't he? Oh, uh, it'd yeah. be them and Whirly all just in a hot tub oh, at the okay. Holiday Inn. <laughs> yeah. Quick tagging it around. Going over, doing a line. Yeah, the guy who tags out goes over and does a line. So, for those of you who love Titans of Wrestling, we have now uh, envisioned a uh, 1980s Coke gay sex tag between uh, referee Dick Worley, uh, uh, Rick Martel, Tony Gurria, and Cal Redmond. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, with special appearance by Pat Patterson. Yeah, you're just <laughs> oh, Pat Patterson opened the door. He's watching. Like, oh. He's watching. No, he's watching. What, what was that? What was that? He's, he's, no, he's in the closet like J.J. Like J. J. Dillon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> should I watch Champ? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Ke- uh, Kelly, what's yeah. the hangman's real name again? Nathan Gale. Neil Gay. Neil Gay. <laughs> Neil Gay. Neil Gay. Um, that could be used for some... Woo! Uh, Auto, uh, auto, what is it called? Fixation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. I, I killed the lead singer of NXS. I did pop, though, <laughs> when, uh, on the NXT special, when Patterson and Dusty were sitting next to each other, and Patterson put on Dusty's uh, cowboy hat, because I was just vis- visioning them as tag teaming in the garden uh, on the last show and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So was I. When I saw them, I was sitting next together. I went, "Hey, we just saw them." Yeah. <laughs> the so you tag up. Yeah. I can't believe we've got to the point where it's like Carl Rudman's in a gimp suit. Korea is <laughs> <laughs> in like his proper like seventies porn outfit. Martel. Yeah, Martel's doing his blowjob baby face face as Literally. receiving a blowjob from. <laughs> oh God. I can't wait. So we're gonna get buddies. When uh, Cal's on crutches, you thought you thought he was creepy looking without the crutches. And I've crutches. stayed I've stayed at that Holiday Inn across from the spectrum many times, and uh, I always wondered where those uh, stains came from in our room, <laughs> and now I know. God, all right, <laughs> Kelly, save us from this filth, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring us out of it. I mean, when when I first got into wrestling um, as a kid. Um, I, I was huge into tag team wrestling, and, and my favorite take was the history of the tag team oh, yeah. title. Oh, yeah. yeah, so so the the end of this match, pretty much from, the, I think, the hot tag to the end, because the only part I could remember was the double, uh, the stereo monkey flips, and that whole stuff, the, the uh, what did you call Bonzo, it? Bonzo, Gonzo. Bon, the Bonzo, Gonzo part. So to see the whole match, you know, almost 30 years later, finally, mm. that's special. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, the Samoans, they're gone now. So it, it's this could be an interesting run now coming up with the Moondogs. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, so, oh, yeah. They're good oh, at yeah. good work. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just, just so happy. So happy that the Samoans are buggering off now. Yeah. Good. But there you there, there you sir, and they will be back. And how, awesome. how dare I? Jesus. They, they... <laughs> you and your work rate. <laughs> Me and my work rate. I tell you what, Spock yeah. Spot, Spot, Spot could work better matches than the Samoans. Just just doing his nerve holds. He do the nerve holds better than them. Jesus, I hate the I yeah. hate the uh I hate them. Now, like, Korea yeah, Martell, yeah. they could have been a tag team anywhere. That's how good and smooth they were. They could have been in the NWA and worked yeah, on yeah. top. They could have I, been in AWA and worked on top. And uh, I like uh, old, older man, younger man teams where you have, yeah. like, uh, I like that dynamic. It's cool. Yeah, I like yeah. the captain and then the apprentice type of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, and Gurria, and Gurria was literally like a slightly old, like you know, a, 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 he was almost like uh, you know a good, a good-looking older yeah. man, a good-looking younger man. Well, you know, that's that, that's the dynamic that I never had when I was when I was a kid, and I, and I start to remember. I remember the tag team. Uh, we're, we're getting into we're we're getting into more of like, oh, well, here's a point where I was watching for a bit, and I like these guys, but I never thought of Tony Curry as like the old veteran. You know, it's like they're yeah. equal because I was I just like shit. This was on the, in the background when I was ten. Oh. You know, I like these guys. But watching this now, yeah, Tony Gurria is the old vet. They're already positioning him, yeah, uh, to be the old guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. in 1980. You know, so that, yeah, that, that I, I never saw any of that yeah. before. Yeah, and there's like a whole yeah. uh, there's yeah. a whole tradition of uh of, of that like the older man, the younger man team. Yeah, uh, I mean Johnny- Dominic. Um, Dominic Johnny, and Dino Bravo. Dominic and Dino Bravo. I know, like Johnny. Yeah, that wasn't the first team. Uh, that Pat, came Pat, to Pat, Pat, I, I was actually thinking of Johnny Weaver. Uh, Pat, whoa, 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 Pete, Pete Johnny, was it Pete. Pat Patterson in the Brooklyn Brawler? Yeah. <laughs> was that? Was it really? I, I, I know I read your mind. No, actually, <laughs> actually, the first one that came to my mind was uh, was, Ricky, was Ricky Morton and Kenny Lucas from San Antonio. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was thinking of George Becker and Johnny Weaver. Sick, sick bastard, Johnny. Really? Do you not know? I, I thought they were the same age, almost. George no? Becker, Johnny. No, I think uh, I think Weaver was like the young was like the oh, young okay. stud, and Becker was like the older guy. And then and then basically uh, Weaver became the older guy, and he started tagging with the younger guy as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Towards the end, yeah. like, I'm trying to think. I can't remember who it was now, though. I want to say like uh, I can't remember, but. Somebody, will, somebody listening will know. Tell us. Uh, let us know on the on the on the on the Twitter hashtag. <laughs> so what is it? Art, Art Nelson. Art Art, uh, Art Nielsen. I think it was. No, it's not Art Nielsen. It's uh, Titans O Wrestling. At Twitter, uh, <laughs> oh no, I, I think that's the answer. Uh, that's the answer to the question, though. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a awesome. joke. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Or if you can think of any older man, younger man teams, you know. Ooh. Like, uh, yeah, and, oh, and you, you can't have Flair. Uh, Liberace and that dude uh, that <laughs> Matt Damon played on the movie. Yeah, I, I won't let you have Flair Batista or anything after, like, 2006. You're not having any of that. But give us some, like, proper old man, young man teams. And you can't Why have... Uh, that work? You can't have Steamboat and Douglas either. I'm going to take those two. I want better... 
better examples from uh, from the listeners. I'm a demand. This is a demanding show. You have to do it in the well, right. What about the one on St. Louis? It was uh, Kevin Von Erich and uh, Gene Kaniski. No. There oh you yeah, go. yeah. That was a good uh, old man, younger man team. I like I like that. T- t- text us, whatever. Uh, let us know. Text us. They don't even have our number. We text us. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter us. Okay. Twitter us. Um, it's T I T A N S O W R E S T L I N. Titans O Wrestling uh, on uh, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, older you man, go. younger man teams. You can also, of course, leave. Uh, that would be me and you three. Oh, <laughs> I'm actually close to your age, Johnny. I'm forty. That is so. true. That is true. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's, the, it's, only, the only guy on radio, I'm on, on wrestling podcasts, who are actually older than me. I think. So. We're we're like we're, we're like Ole and Gene Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ole and Gene Anderson. These um, kids don't even get the eighties. They don't know about Alice. I, I can be I can be Arn and uh, Kelly. You can. No, be, you can't be Arn. And uh, uh, Kelly, no. you can be Lars. Lars. <laughs> Lars. <laughs> Lars is older than Ole. I'll be Ole yes, and yes. and Johnny and Peter. Lars and Gene, the original. Uh, Minnesota. I'll be, I'll be Lars because I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire to Hawaii to have easy matches against Sibiafi and live. <laughs> I, no, no, you're not letting me. Thank be, you. You're not letting me be on. Thanks a lot for that. You be on. Oh, no. God, no. You're CW. You're CW. Art Anderson probably never got beat up by a girl in arm wrestling. Oh, brilliant. All right. So, I, so you, you all get to be members of the Anderson family, but not me. All right. That's <laughs> right. If that's why you want to play it, who um, is you could be Pee Wee. No, you could be Pee Wee Anderson, the referee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> um, um, see, see, Jerry, see, see, Parv. You know, trying to do an Arn promo. Uh, uh, right after you've bedded some one of your many bevies of beauties, you know, I I don't like to toot my own horn, but toot toot. <laughs> it just uh, doesn't work. <laughs> right. Um, shall we finish? Oh. What we do? What we doing next time, Kelly? <laughs> I, I, next I, time. Yeah, next time on Titans of Wrestling. Next time on Titans of Wrestling, uh, we're heading back to New York, Madison Square Garden, to. Uh, oh no, we're not actually. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's not going to be for a while. Next time on Titans of Wrestling, we're heading down south, uh, 1980s, Continental Wrestling from Alabama, uh, Pete's Baby. Southern Pride, yeah. Southern Pride Wrestling. I've barely seen any of this. What, um, what sort of wrestlers yeah, wanna, can we wanna, expect to see? I want to call it my baby. It's something I've been watching lately. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, because I'm pretty new to it. But a lot of you'll see a lot of Southern Brawling. We're going to see the Bullet. We're going to see Ric Flair pop in because, you know, he was the NWA champion. You're going to see Dr. Tom Pritchard versus Dirty White Boy in one of the one of the best feuds. I mean, just violent. Oh, wait, wait, um, wait, Pete. Is that is that the I need to talk to Tom? Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. The best. We have two matches. We have a straight up match and then we have a Texas death match or or street fight. No, a, a, a Southern street fight. That's what it is. Um, we're going to see a cage match with. Kevin Sullivan and his new Guinea Headhunters versus the Stud Stable. You know, just amazing, amazing, amazing. 
Uh, we're going to see um, some uh, see some great promos, a little Gordon Sully, some yeah, fun Gordon. angles, and, and hopefully uh, something I hope everyone enjoys because it's something that uh, it'll be up on Titans TV, the playlist. Um, yeah, it's already there, actually. Yeah, so you people can follow around. Uh, so if you want to get prepped for the show, uh, also it's uh, something where a lot, a lot of people have seen a lot of it. Uh, so it's all pretty novel stuff, and, and mm-hmm. violent and gory and southern pride. But uh, you, a lot, a lot, you know, listeners don't get to see what goes on behind the scenes here at Titan Towers. Pete basically held us up. He was like, "We're not." <laughs> he was like, "I am walking out unless we get to do content." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I just called. I just called you and Kelly on being selfish. Like you guys are gonna pick the next special without me and Johnny getting to pick one. You know. Oh, trying no, to be on every, since we are a democracy here. And I already know what my pick's going to be, but yeah. no, we ain't saying what it is because oh, that would right. be, uh, no, 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 no. Because uh, we'll I can't wait for this before, continental. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're we're this this continental shit is going to be fucking off. The, it's going to be off the chain, hizzy, uh, as they say, the youth. Because uh, <laughs> I, I love this shit. I've seen like maybe a quarter of what we're gonna watch, and I love it. So yeah, can't wait. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I thought, I mean, I had to stop par from that fucking Detroit shit. I didn't want to ruin you people. <laughs> I didn't want you to gouge right out and have another reason why to boo par when he walks down the street and stuff. So, oh, I still want to be an Anderson, and nobody will let me. Oh, yeah, right. I want to be. Peewee. I don't want to be Pee I want to be on. You all get to be a proper okay, actor. You know I get to be Then you get to be Doug Williams, the English guy who like likes to pretend oh, to be an actor. God, yeah. please, please, Mister Bishop, I need my job. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, until wait, wait, next wait, time. No, oh, oh. No. I'm Sid. I'm Sid, and I'm stabbing you with a pair of scissors right now. <laughs> and go. What do you say? Um, until next time, Titans of Wrestling. (laughs) You're killing me!